Hang on, guys. Okay. I am grabbing a refill of my coffee, then I'm ready to go in like one minute, and I've got my notes up, so figure out what we're starting with. He right says back. coffee. He's like pouring, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what into it. <laughs> After so this conversation, what, actually, after this conversation, if I want to pour like you know lighter fluid into it, let me right back. <laughs> yeah, actually, can I actually. go get a, Can I go get a drink too? I'm just gonna get some water. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> just go, just go, Meg. We'll see you it's in funny. It. Danielle is gonna forbid Ryan to podcast with us because she's gonna say we're bad influence. <laughs> we are, we are a bad influence though. She's right. I know. Well. Okay, I'm, so gonna go, I'm gonna go get my water. Go, go, go. That sounds really good right now. Bailey's and um, coffee and Bailey's Irish cream. Oh my oh, I god! I thought you said babies. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Coffee and you guys babies. don't even want to know that she just guessed what my water was gonna be. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's a little bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a lot so- bad. <laughs> Are you alright? Are you okay? Yeah. Water's out. <laughs> I know. Okay, no. Um, sometimes I do voices in character. <clears throat> I'm actually pretty. I know this sounds horrible. I, I'm pretty good at like I like with my kids if I read them stories and stuff. You know, I do it in character. Right. Well, a lot of times if I'm, like, on the road or something, I call my husband and I pretend to be a hooker. That's 70. No, no, no. It's not sexual in any way. It's funny. Oh. Um, I pretend you play like I'm a, a non-sexual 70, like hooker? I'm, yes. Like, I'm a 70-year-old h- hooker named Lola. Who happens to be a t- who's a chain smoker? Uh. <laughs> Can you do an impression? I don't. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> okay, it's something like, <clears throat> um, "Hello, this is Lola." Then I say something like, "My two o'clock just opened up." Right. <laughs> And my husband totally plays along too. It's so funny. <laughs> so there's a glimpse into my personal life you guys probably did not want. No, it's fine, really. Poor <laughs> Ryan's like, he's like, what have I gotten myself into? I'm fine, I'm fine. And welcome back to episode 29 of Puffwa. I'm not sure why I screamed that. It just seemed like the right thing to do. I'm Ryan. I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. I'm, I'm Meg. Uh, we have a we have a glitch. We have a glitch. Yeah. Yeah. Do it again. Quick, Meg then Kim. Do it again. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm Meg. I'm Kim. Okay, Meg. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> if Rachel chooses go. to leave this part in, you're gonna sound really hyper right there. I'm Meg. <laughs> No, wait a second. Rachel, use this. Ready? Wait, ready? Wait, okay. Yo. <laughs> You're from Wisconsin. You can't say yo. Yo. Thank you. yo. We this have to do the Meg. whole thing. I want to say yo, too. All right. Yeah. All right, here's the thing. We're going to start the episode again. Everyone try and be as completely out of character as possible. Okay, here we go. And welcome back to episode 29 of Puffwa. I am Ryan. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> you just, okay, one I can't more. be like, yo, I'm Jin. One more time. <laughs> no, that's what you do. Okay, here we go, here we go. Headmaster Ryan informs me that he is four days, five hours, and 27 minutes late in editing this episode. 
what is the world coming to and why am I not surprised? For, insert date here, this is episode 29 of Potter Fick Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Welcome to episode 29 of Pofla! I am Ryan. Howdy, I'm Jen. Howdy, hi, I'm Chi. Yo, I'm Meg. <laughs> hi there, I'm Kim. We suck at this. We can never do this again. <laughs> stop it, stop it. We're embarrassing ourselves. All right, this is a this is a week of congratulations over here at Pufwa. Uh, Meg, after being on the episode for like an hour and a half, has been named a full host of Pufwa. She is replacing Phil, Yay! who had some stuff going on, so can't say her aunt. Phil will be back the next time he travels to Transylvania, so just don't want to scare people that, pil- that Phil was a vampire. He is. He's in the with the vampires in Transylvania. So, Meg, this is good. Now, I have to let everyone know why we chose Meg to be, you know, the, the, the new host of Pufwa. Um, I'm actually going to read to you. Hang on one second, everybody. I'm going to read to you why, how Meg clinched the deal. Now, sometimes, you know, you might wonder exactly, you know, how did these things happen behind the scenes? You know, was there, you know, money in a brown paper bag? You know, how, really, how, like, how does this happen? What happened was Meg posted the following on the Polarific Weekly form. No, it wasn't in the form. It was in a, it was in a private message to me. If you had seen me running through the wilderness in my pajamas, in the rain with a half-drowned mouse and a huge glass vase, it was a sight to behold, according to my friends. <laughs> oh, my. I just figured <laughs> that was something not- we could use. <laughs> now people will understand if they listened to the podcast last week what that meant. <laughs> what kills me is I posted that before I released the episode. For, for So for like 12 hours, everyone just thought you were out of your mind. Huh? Well, they were right. <laughs> oh, you you weren't here last week, Kim, were you? <laughs> I was ill. No, I didn't get to hear this. We're not telling you the story. You can go back and listen. Yeah. You're a meanie. It involves a toilet. I can't, t- I can't tell the story again, but it involves a toilet and a mouse and the wilderness, like you just heard. <laughs> Is this a porta potty or an outhouse or an inside job? Episode no, 28. Inside. <laughs> Episode 28. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> so, Meg, I have to tell you this. I somehow, on some level, see you as as Jen's protege. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. I just Wait, I, does that mean she's my leader? No, that no. means no. that means <laughs> that she's I'm in training to be you. Me. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. don't do it. <laughs> I have like the yellow tape around me at all times. Well, like I am that. starting to have a lot back. of weird things happening in my life ever since I started the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm getting injured all the time. There's like you got injured vermin in my house. Yeah, I did. I hurt myself today. What did you do? Well, <laughs> I didn't. Remember how I said I was getting the kids situated? Well, yeah. I'm chasing my two-year-old around, and I totally, like, fell over his rocket that was in the middle of the living room. 
And I have war- I have bruises forming up and down my arms and on my legs as oh. we speak. Oh. Did he stop? Running? It wasn't really that funny. It was kind of painful. No, he laughed. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> he, he doesn't. I mean, it's such a typical human reaction to laugh when someone gets hurt. <laughs> so okay, I'm noticing that you're laughing while in pain. Classic Jen characteristic. <laughs> I just have to share this with everyone. I sent, that bad. I sent Jen an email yesterday saying, Jen, you're the heart and soul of Horrific Weekly. And she wrote back to me, no, Ryan, you are. I'm just an accident victim. Oh, <laughs> so I was gonna write "You're the donor," and I, but that seemed gross, and so it, it just took it a little too literally. So how I end up giving Jen a kidney? All right, we're gonna end it right. There. And yet here we are, and now we all know. And we also want to congratulate Kim, who's been gone for a couple of weeks. Welcome back, Kim. Yay! Welcome back. Woo-hoo! Yay! Kim's gonna be a grandma. Yeah. Grandma. What are they? What are they gonna call you? Grandma I'm Kimmy. I have been Grandma? writing to all my friends asking for help figuring that one out. I haven't yet. Nana? I don't know. Aww, my my dog called that. What? My I was thinking something like Grandma. Super Kim. Super Kim? Super Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you a cape. That's making awesome. it into the bullets. <laughs> super Kim. All right. Well, I guess we could do Super Kim. I'm, I do. I used it's to do like Nana. Super and Grand. You know, they they sort of match. I don't want to be a grandma. Well, you got five weeks to to deal with that. You know, may I suggest cappies? I don't know what to tell you. Well, you have well learn to knit this week. Next week, figure out what they're going to call you. And for week three, four, and five, um, buy. Can you bake cookies? Buy things. Yeah, bake cookies. That's a good idea. Oh yeah, being a grandma is so much fun. Jen, you're 24 years old. How do you know this? (laughs) I was wondering that too. Because she, my nanny, Mm -hmm. nanny. She always says that. See, we had a gr- we had a grandmommy and a nanny. I did and my too. Dog- I loved my nanny. Oh yeah, I loved. I think nanny's really popular. I had a Is grandmother. It- I just didn't I want anybody a, to think grandmother. of it as a live-in house, you know, a, a childcare live-in. Oh yeah. Person. Yeah. Well, I I think well I did I had Gramps and Grams. I think it's a regional thing. I don't know. Like I've heard. I never for- had a grandfather, so I don't know. Yeah, my grandmother Mary. Yeah, both of my grandfathers died before I was born. So my mother once asked me, like a few years ago, what I called my grandfather. I'm like, um, Henry. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, no. oh, really had nothing going God. there. Never, never gave it any thought. So, I, well, oh my anyway. goodness, if I ever called my grandparents by their first name, I would be in so much trouble. Yeah, but you see, they're alive. So yeah, that's true. Huh? <laughs> yeah, my grandfather died in 1957. It's <laughs> yeah, probably I know. But they're alive, so they could hurt her. Well, that's true, too. I don't that's know. true. All right, so, Kim, you're on your own on that one, but congratulations on the crank. Yeah. Thanks. It's a Thank baby. you very much. Yay. Thank you yeah, so I can't wait. I just saw, I love babies. I just went to a family yeah. party a couple of weeks ago, and I, like, I was sitting there, and I have this cousin who lives in Pennsylvania, and she will fly in, you know, go to family parties, hog the babies the entire time, and then leave. So no one oh. else ever gets to hold the baby. So she's sitting there rocking the new baby. And this baby was, uh, what was she? She was four weeks premature. And because she was a preemie, she was actually in the fetal position the whole time. Like, she was still, like, in the womb, like, in her mind. And all she did was sleep, and she just kind of, like, huddled up in the fetal position. And it was actually really sad because 
the baby's mom had some complications, so she was in the hospital for a few days longer. So Aww. her husband stayed with her. So basically for the first week, the family kind of raised the baby because the parents were uh-huh. occupied. So we they actually took – it was kind of sad. The, the christening ended up being the week after the baby was born. So the baby was at the christening, but the mother wasn't. I'm sorry, not the christening. The baby, the baby shower was a week after the baby was born. So the baby actually came to her own baby shower, but mom was still in the <laughs> hospital. So we're just passing the baby around, and my cousin is hogging the baby, and she looks over at me, and she's like, you know what? I can't picture you holding a baby, Ryan. And I lean forward, and, and the way things work in my family, my cousin is you know 25 years older than me, and I, and I just lean forward. I'm like, maybe if you'd let the baby go for a minute, someone else could have a try. So I, just, <laughs> so I took the baby, and I I was great, I was fine. So every so there, so I kept telling Danielle that story, and she's looking at me. She's like, yeah, is the only good ideas with this. And, <laughs> and your point feel. is, <laughs> your point is, she's like, that's nice. In 15 years, you'll use that. <laughs> 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 so. Wow. Well, but she's looking at me like I'm asking her what she's doing later that night. So whatever. So apparently, you know, <laughs> Cam, if you need someone from Massachusetts to watch your, your grandchild, oh, then so look funny. <laughs> uh, any other business we have for this week? Oh, we were having a discussion earlier tonight. I, I, I think our listeners might want to weigh in. Uh, Jen, would you like to pose the question to the, to the listeners? I don't. What are we talking about? We, we were asking a question about sexiness. Oh, okay. Potterfic Weekly listeners, listen up. This is an important survey questionnaire thing. It's very serious. Serious. I'm telling you. Don't laugh. It's serious. (laughs) No, and it's something that we honest, we need to know because we we need an opinion on back and forth and we can't make a decision. So we are imploring. This is threatening to rip the Potterfic Weekly staff in half. It is. There is drama. Over this Potter question. Fake Weekly wank. I'm telling you. <laughs> There's no way we have wank. We don't care enough about the fandom to have wank. Well, I'm but sure we're I don't getting know. some right now. We're making it our goal in life to avoid wank. Some Wankers, wank. bring it on. Like, come on. Come on. Okay, okay listen up. Right. We have to know if spellcasters, Rob, Robert, Bob, mm-hmm. Whatever we call him now. We're calling him Bob. I refuse to call him Bob. <laughs> if him or Josh the Australian has a sex, <laughs> we need your help. Vote for SR. Come vote on our forums. I will set up a, Ryan will set up a forum voting thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise <laughs> known as a poll. <laughs> going to set up a poll and we're going to let you the listeners decide. Well, Jen, who do you think is sexier, Rob or Josh? Uh, can we vote twice? <laughs> if you had to vote once, who would it be? Josh or Rob? Why not? So I can find them. Okay, let me tell you. Rob has this so deep, calming, soothing, sexy voice. Mm-hmm. Josh <laughs> has the accent. Yeah, that's true. And it's really hard. Because I've always had a thing for guys with accents, which made, you know, American guys lame. And. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, all the American guys that we've just offended. Well, we've offended them before. But Jen, if you had to pick Robert Josh, quick, right now, right now, Robert Josh, Robert Josh. I don't know. I can't. Robert Josh, Robert Josh, Robert Josh. I can't. Life or death, Robert Josh. Jennifer, Jennifer, pick one. (laughs) 
<laughs> I will tell you, whoever wins the poll will get my undying Jen, love. Jen, you have to make a command decision. Wow. Have a freaking opinion. No, no. Whoever, <laughs> whoever wins, I will give my undying love to on the next podcast. Wow. Well, wow. okay. That's it. You're letting others decide who you love? When one can't make a choice for herself, she leaves it in the hands of those more educated Total strangers. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but personally, I think I'd vote for PBS over there. <laughs> you were the most unobservant people ever. I just oh my god that was so funny i was like i was i i am robert just a second ago and i was like i don't think she's noticed you're in here <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know either at all rob before just we move on with our episode for tonight do you have an opinion on the on the sexy debate <laughs> you, you know what because it's my own voice i mean it's kind of hard to say I, I really don't find myself uh like, I don't listen to my own voice for its sexiness. I, I have to listen to it, and I get sick and tired of it because of editing. Uh, Josh, I mean, I, I don't know. This is recorded publicly, so I don't know if I want to say anything about Josh. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we got, I mean, he's got a nice voice. I mean, I, I think he could easily overthrow me as the sexy voice of Butterfick Weekly. I mean, it's a possibility. You think so? <laughs> It's a possibility. Now, Jen, when you stop turning beet red, do you have anything more to say on the matter? I'm not, I'm not, I knew he would listen to it eventually, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> but he's right there. Yes, I didn't. That was a really good one, actually. I didn't know that he was there. <laughs> Rob, you stinker. It's actually Ryan's idea. So I'm actually in the process of writing up a uh, uh, the script for the spell cast, uh a voicemail system, which in which is pretty much me talking for about a minute, which I'm deathly afraid that Jen's going to call over and over and over, <laughs> over again just to listen no, to my voice. If you have 30 missed calls, that was Jen. <laughs> exactly. That's that's it's going to be all the Potter Fick Weekly girls just constantly calling. <laughs> I have no fan fiction like, reviews. Just I like I nothing. like how he thinks that we have no life and would have time to do that. Kind I of love how he's okay. absolutely correct. <laughs> and I well, also I'll need to make a public. I need to make a public announcement that I do love my husband. <laughs> <laughs> As part of our marriage counseling, I am required to make this statement at this time. I did not have. There's room for stalking in every marriage. Now, Jen. Now, Jen. Before we let Rob go for the night. Like we we just have to 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 settle this once and for all. Are you in fact stalking Rob from Spellcast? If I w- if I was stalking, I couldn't admit to it, could I? Probably we not. Won't tell anyone. Legally, you shouldn't. Be a stalk. Yeah, legally, I-, I would have to take her advice. As she your lawyer, I would advise against. She's a paralegal. As <laughs> <laughs> to the real thing, as I know. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's just it's don't okay. admit it. I will say, Rob, I, you do have my undying devotion. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, God. At least I think. I'm not too we sure. We are going to have a poll, though, right? Or we a, are going to do a, a poll. forum list thingy, I believe, is is what we're actually going to have. I will the- actually uh, add it to the Witch Weekly Awards. Sexiest voice. Say, but Sexiest spellcaster. <laughs> or spell crapper, depending on what we're going with tonight. <laughs> Oh gee, thanks, Ryan. No problem, buddy. Got you back. Don't again. even don't even get me started on the variations of the Potterfake Weekly name that I can. So <laughs> no. 
go on air with. Oh, yeah, you can say that. I can't but think anyway. of any. Oh, I can't, you, you trust me, Jen. Just think a little bit harder. Anyway, well, as much fun as it's been, I, I actually have my own podcast to do. So, oh, uh, look how he tries to sound on nonchalant. Uh, uh, <laughs> Does love the idea that we're talking about his sexy voice. <laughs> uh, Rob, it's been real. Thanks for joining us this evening. Good night, guys. Have a good night, Rob. Bye, Rob. Bye, Rob. Miss you, Jen. I feel like you're growing as a. Per- Did you just say I'll miss you? Jen, I have to feel like you're growing as a person. I remember in the very beginning how, you know, whenever you would say something in front of Rob, you would kind of blush and turn inward and have to run away. Now you're just like, oh, whatever. He knows. I feel like a woman. (laughs) Oh, God, don't tell me this. There's the name of the podcast. Jen feels like a woman. Right. Can we have Shania Twain in the background here, please? <laughs> if we can find it, we can use it. All right. All right, all right. I think that's all we have. Uh, what else do we have for this episode? Uh, we are going to be nominating what fic we're discussing after the Shoebox Project. Nominations are open on the Potterfic Weekly Forum until October 13th. So any fic that you think, you know, the Puffwanians you were listening to right now should, you know, discuss ad nauseum, uh, go and nominate it on the Puffwa forums. The Unseemly Proposal. The, which one are you going for? The Unseemly Proposal. Oh, I love that one. Did you see that it's on my <laughs> Yes. Face? That's why I was reading it. Does it involve Draco, <laughs> Hermione, and a boat? Like it? it involves Draco, Hermione, and there's even leather in it. It's uh, great. I know. That's why I recommended it. She help me. Help me, Chi. Help me. Oh, Meg, uh, how about no? <laughs> kidding. I don't care. I will read whatever you guys want to read, but I just want it to be publicly known that I'm pushing hardcore for Naked Quidditch Match or Coven of Echoes. That's, Ooh, either one my... of those I would like, too. I'm Naked torn. Quidditch what match. was the second one? The Coven, uh, Coven of Echoes. That is an awesome I haven't read that one. I'll have so, to read that. This next choice is going to be so hard. There's so many great... I know at least four that I would equally I equally want to do. Well, here's how it's going to work. On October 13th, we're going to collect all of the nominations, and we're going to put them on a poll, or as Jen has described it, an online listy thingy. And we're going to let everyone vote up to three times for which fic you want. And after we get a smaller list, select members of the Powerfic Weekly community will pick the uh, fic that we're going to cover next. So, And you vote for the ones ratings? that... What about ratings? What do you mean what? by select members of the Powerfic Weekly? Do you have a ratings limit? Do we have a ratings limit? No, uh, we are explicit. Oh, Woo-hoo! God, Kim, you missed a couple weeks. Um, Thanks to Jen <laughs> and consultation week. with... You missed two weeks. <laughs> After consultation <laughs> with uh, the Pufwa legal community and, um, you know, select members of the United States government. No, just kidding. We are an explicit podcast, so pretty much there is no limitation, although if it's a fic which involves, you know, for example, Snape, McGonagall, and a whip, it's probably not going to win. Yes. Uh, gotcha. There goes that one. If it involves Snape, Hermione, and a whip, it's got a good chance. <laughs> Meg's like, vote, vote, vote. Create new member name in violation of form rules. Vote, vote, vote. If any of our listeners vote for the same one that I vote for, I will give their house. Stop giving out 50 points. She's giving out 50 points for voicemails now. This woman is out of control. This is why the U.S. government is broke because of people like you. Yeah, and that's why Slytherin is almost ahead of Gryffindor in house points. That's oh for Hey, whoa, stop that. That can't be. 
That's yeah. terrible. I'm so upset about it because Jen goes and gives 50 points to all the Slytherins leaving voicemail. I would just like to point Stop out the fact that, that Meg is speaking as a Gryffindor and yeah. as a member of okay. Barfigur. So it's not That's like we true. don't like the Slytherins. The, we didn't even have Slytherins for six months. But we, okay, we, I should clarify. Right. Slytherin is fine and I like all the people on the forum. Everyone. She was speaking as a member of a member of Gryffindor House and not as a Potter Pick Weekly staff member. What, what, hold on, yeah. why are we there having disclaimers? Go. We're an explicit <laughs> freaking podcast. No disclaimers. <laughs> I say we oh. get an NC-17 in the next whips, chains, leather. <laughs> oh my god. That would be so... Hey, Jen, what's this that one? This is like one, an episode uh, of Desperate Housewives. Are you listening to this? Hunts? <laughs> we can't discuss this without giggling. What are we going to do? We've got an NC-17 to discuss. Oh my god. See, I still think we should have the smut... Well, anyway, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm glad you finished that <laughs> no, sentence. It's like, I think we need to have it. the smut. <laughs> Sorry. There's a girl podcast. I wasn't sure if I should talk no, about it or not. No, we should talk about it. Girls, if you're interested... And yeah, let us know. Give us feedback. Because Preferably on a night when I have something episode. going on. And talk <laughs> about every different name for... Can I Never just mind. tell you, I just don't want to edit that episode because I'd be blushing the entire time. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. I, know. I think Ryan really should edit story. Out. Here's a really cute story about Ryan from when Jen and I were first meeting him, right? Oh, God. We had this Stay conversation. One day we just decided, like, we got like what forty five minutes into recording an episode and decided we just weren't in the mood for podcasting. Like it just wasn't. Yeah, I know. Really, it just started like, a talk- conversation. We just started talking, and Ryan comes out and says something like, "Oh, I'm totally comfortable like talking about sex or whatever." So Jen and I. When did I say that? Okay. <laughs> oh wait, was like, that okay. the? Year? Hold on, wait a minute. This is this is what the media does. Did someone ask me my opinion on it, and I said, I'm comfortable talking, because it's not like I have Tourette's, and I'm like, I'm comfortable talking about that. Like, can you please say what led to that point, because I don't recall. I'm pretty sure, well, I, I'm pretty sure that Jen and, and I were having a pretty, uh, a discussion. I'm sure we were talking about like, sex. Are you okay? okay. With that, and you're like, oh, you're absolutely comfortable. Because that's yeah. what we talked Okay, about. see, that's completely different from what you said before. You gotta watch the thing. Carry on. And now he's like, I don't want to listen to a smut podcast. That'll make me blush. <laughs> I want to just point out that the fact that Ryan made a podcast so that he could have four female co-hosts is not our problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we talk about sex and we're not going to stop. <laughs> that is the- I feel like I'm hosting like a Harry Potter version of Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, if you're listening to this, call me. <laughs> oh. Phil, I miss you. I like how you're trying to vibe for sympathy. Whatever. All the guys on the forum would love to be you. Right? Ryan. Because oh. we are yeah. some sexy, hot yeah. female. <laughs> I'm, sure <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to share a story about Jen now. Uh, earlier tonight, I'm talking <laughs> to Jen. I don't even know what it is. And but Jen no. says to me, Ryan, I have good news. I said, what's that, Jen? She's like, I'm no longer the butt of jokes. I said, why is that, Jen? I have not had anything happen to me in the last week that is worthy of mentioning on the podcast. So there, there, we got nothing. You know, we're, we'll get right into the story this week because nothing has happened to me. As Jen is saying this, she's walking through Fort Worth, Texas with a cell phone in one hand and a like, squishy burrito in the other. She walks back to her place of business and realizes that she locked herself out. So she's trying to break into her own business with a burrito in one hand and a cell phone in the other. So I just have to point out the fact that Jen... 
I, I, I don't know what to say to you anymore. I know, I'm special. I know, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me jump into the chapters tonight, because I just, this is the weirdest one yet. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> you know, we've only... Chapters? I hope you guys don't blame me for the weirdness. Oh no, but you... Oh, we are loving it. Jen's <laughs> <laughs> right, over here I going... Because okay. I think I encourage it, but I didn't start it. Jen. <laughs> You're an enabler. Hey! Draco and leather, it gets me going every time. Don't That's tell me I- this! I don't need to know. I'm still in escape phase. I don't know what it is about him, but... I know. Really? I'm in, yeah. like, I'm torn. I Meg, keep going I back and forth. I know. I've got a recommendation for you, man. And I don't even... Oh, goody! <laughs> you have to... You have to... <laughs> <I'm> to Draco <laughs> Hermione links my, way, links my way, girls, and maybe I can I will get read it. the unseemly proposal. It's it on a link. Fun. On Jim's <laughs> signature in the Puffwa forum. And if you want to read a good Draco Hermione fic, read that one. Alright, it's on my list. It is really good. I actually like it. It's sort of... Well, anyway. We it's should probably talk about... Oh, you're like, no, no. Okay, if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Guys. No, I really I really am excited about tonight's chapters. Like, this, this is, these were good chapters. So, we should, like, jump on it, you know? I jump just... on it. Now, here's the first thing that jumped out at me in in the first chapter, in chapter 51. Now, I usually, you know, when I start a new, like, as everyone knows, I listen to these often on my pod, on my iPod. So I usually listen for something right at the beginning to kind of catch me and, and remind me where I left off and bring me into the story. And it starts off directly after Christmas. And as it ended, you know, Draco and Harry were going to cook, you know, Snape Christmas dinner. And they were obviously going to eat you know, goose. And I love the fact that the goose wasn't cooked properly because uh, because Draco just incendioed the goose. <laughs> I love it. has to roast slowly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that we couldn't turn it back. That's so funny. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I'm just like picturing like, like I'm just, I don't even know why it was so funny to me. It's just like Draco basically like taking, like I'm picturing like Draco shooting the goose with a spell and just like it, like breaking out into flames and like you know, <laughs> like reanimating itself and running around. The, like I don't know. I was picturing more comedic relief in there that I think was probably intended by Aspen. But I don't know. That 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 got me at the beginning of the chapter, and I felt really attached to that one. Um, what else, everybody? This is also the chapter where uh, Harry writes his thank you notes for the first time in his life. <laughs> yes, yes, and he's very Slytherin about him. I thought. Um, yeah, I believe it was Dear Colin and Dennis. Wow, an entire photograph album stuffed with nothing but pictures of me. I'll be sure to give a present like that the tension it deserves. Exactly. <laughs> he probably incendios the, the photograph album, but you know, whatever. I thought it really interesting that the Wizarding World didn't care for silver, but platinum. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. It's like, it's more valuable in, in the real world, in the muggle world, than silver. Yeah. Is. is it really? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, because when I bought Danielle's engagement ring, I chose between white gold and um, a platinum ring, and the platinum ring was what was it, like twice as heavy as the, the just the material itself was a lot denser and a lot more expensive. Now, is platinum the ones that they can't cut off you if you like swell? Is that right? Um, I'm not know. sure about that. I know they can get gold off. I would bet that so uh, platinum is the one they can't off because it's I yeah. it's a lot. Platinum's couldn't. It's a very hard. Metal. It's a harder material. Yeah. It's, okay. Whereas yeah. gold is relatively soft as, mel- as is. metals go. Yeah, it's more malleable. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that mm-hmm. we've 
clarified that. Yeah, that so was that was, your, that was your alchemy that was lesson a, for the day. That was the very important detour. Oh, can I just tell you something that happened in the forum last evening? We have a, a thread set up for every new episode when it's released. And episode 28 was released last night. So I'm, I'm in the forum and everyone's downloading it and talking about it. And the conversation started to get off track. So I posted the off topic sign. And the response I got back was, we just read the bullets from your last episode. This is the, <laughs> this is the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> and I had good. nothing to say to that at all. So I basically did the neener, neener, neener. I still win because I do. And that was all I, I had. I would have gave them points. I did. <laughs> you that's, did. That's why Slytherin's almost about to win. <laughs> you gave Slytherin Shit. more points. Well, I gave him five but points. Well, Jen's two into the point inflation. Give credit for she that. gives the Slytherin's like ten points me. for farting. She's trying to vote for like, the millions here. I want the million point system. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> the million point system. Well, Snape in this one is ridiculous. He's taking like 500 points here, 1,000 points there. I, mean, I like, know. Good God. That's where Jen's getting these crazy points limits from. That's right. <laughs> You're like none other. Aspen, yeah. you're Aspen, you're destroying the entire house point system. I just want you so to know. I want to know. I want to know if I leave a voicemail for the podcast. Can I, <laughs> I should, hi, podcast, me again. Well, I'm the one that checks the voicemails. I'm not sure how that works. We should. We should all do podcasts. We should all do call-ins. That would be so funny. Hi, guys. That's this how you know you just have I'm a really boring you know. podcast that nobody listens to when you're your own guest. We do our own. I love I'm going to leave a voicemail as Your Lola. Podcast. That's what I'll I really do. That. Yes, we should do it. <laughs> Double dog dare you too. If you do that, I, I will do my impression of Minerva McGonagall. Okay, if you just double talk, right, I will tell you what, everyone. You know we, have I'm si- going to. Th- we have six <laughs> days of post editing on this episode, so we will include everyone's voicemails with this episode, and we'll see who's all talk and who's not. Okay, all right. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to call in like 100 times. <laughs> just try it, Jennifer. Just try She's it. She's gonna pretend like it's Rob. She's calling. Just call Spellcast. <laughs> call Spellcast. Okay, can we get back to the? Thing? No, that's what we should do. We should all call Spellcast. We're going to. We're going yeah. to. We're I going to. <laughs> no, I, I just decided. I... Are we making agreements to phone bomb Spellcast oh, on our podcast? We are. We are. We are going to. I want to join. Okay, girls. <laughs> join. Okay. okay. We will. And Pokemon I want to community. I, I used to have control of this podcast. I used to be able <laughs> to nudge it into. I, like, I've been like steamrolled over by these desperate housewives, and for that, I apologize. No, we are not desperate housewives. For one thing, I have neither a house nor am I a wife. So, and I'm desperate. not desperate. Or am I a housewife? <laughs> uh. I've never seen that show. All right, can we talk about it here like one other? <laughs> Let's talk about oh. anything and everything else. Seriously, Guys, though, I'm, I'm going to call the podcast and be like, I'd do my Minerva McGonagall impression, but I'd be like, hey, Puffa, what are you wearing? Do it. <laughs> I'm wearing Tarvin. Like, Wait, do we have somebody doing the mailbox thing? We'll figure it out in the next six days. Because <laughs> we have we to. <laughs> that would be so funny. Okay, moving on. You're like none other. Let's jump on it, ladies. That's, okay. Okay, this is the Ooh, one okay. where Snape drops Harry. Kind of okay, moving back. Chapter 51, 10,000 times. Yes. Fine. And this yes. is okay, 10,001 that we've tried to talk about. <laughs> What's really interesting about this set of chapters, if I can start the discussion, is how concerned we all are with seer dreams and whether or not they are real or just nightmares. I can't imagine, like, having that very profound dilemma. 
you know? Like, know. very profound. I just made a comment about You'd be afraid time. to go to sleep at night because you wouldn't want to know what was going to happen. He knows right. by now, doesn't he? What, that he if, if it's something is really a Sierra dream or if it's a bad dream, he can tell the difference. Well, he, and how how does he tell the difference? Well, the point we're at It's the starting sequence. He, like, if it's right, true or I'm not, just, right? Right. The starting sequence lets him know if it's true or not. Like, it, they all start the same way. Sorry, I right? just went into, like, teacher mode. <laughs> and how do we know? <laughs> um, how do we know? If the <laughs> beginning he, sequence is something that already happened. Yes. Right. And then there's a right. whirring. Five points. <laughs> and there's whirling, yeah, and fuzziness. And then the and, future scene. But now he's concerned um, that this dream that he's had about Snape unadopting him is not a seer dream because now he thinks his subconscious can reproduce the signs. So uh, yeah, it's like how is yeah if he has well that's the difference if you're having these seer dreams and you you know two of them three of them come true and then you have you know a regular nightmare you know you're gonna dream like yeah your mind will show you exactly what it wants to see to fulfill that desire right. for a worst case scenario so well and the, I think he's a little bit in denial here too not really well not really denial I think Harry's also the Harry at many points in both the canon and this fic is Charlie Brown. Like there's like like if you if you ever watch like a Peanuts movie like like it's like the, like he's walking across a field and the kids come up and beat him up and he gets up he's like my life is over and then like he's walking and like steps in the puddle like everything bad happens to this poor kid it's kind of like the same with Harry it's like essentially like he sees a he has a nightmare where Snape is going to adopt him and he's like yep it's true it's happening I'll go pack and it's like he doesn't like he he <laughs> he steps in a puddle he does Harry is not glass half full nor has he ever been I mean the like he was like. Starting to get better earlier in the year, and then he got kidnapped, got like stabbed with needles, and his eyes blown <laughs> out. Harry has difficulty seeing the glass half full part. He tries so hard, and then Aww, like you know the DSS worker Harry. like breaks his leg open. That's good analysis, though. I like that he's a Gryffindor, so he'll always look for the glass half full, but he'll never find it. Well, the fact that Harry Potter Aww. looks for the glass half what? <laughs> so sad. I know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Damn Ravenclaws. Oh, like, that's all my intelligent contribution. Oh, I said damn Ravenclaws. No, but oh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> watch, said, it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Oh yeah, I'm a Ravenclaw. Hey, I know that's buddy. why I said I'll, it. I'll <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, hey. I'm insulting Jen, and she's like, I may take offense to that. I'm like, good. <laughs> I may. Just give me a few minutes, and I'll figure it out. Oh, God. <laughs> let me work. Let me work out. Kim, are you sorted? Are you sorted on the puffer forms? Welcome to Gryffindor. Uh-huh. Hey, welcome to Gryffindor. I like Kim. it there. We have a nice common room. Yes, we do. It's very fun. As opposed and to the Ravenclaw common social. room, where apparently people get stabbed. We have in the middle. Fred and George. What do you have? Mac. Yeah, I have yeah. Dan. <laughs> Dan. Dan is interesting. He posts banners and stuff. <laughs> That's what I have. Everybody else at the Ravenclaw common room is kind of dead. We right fight now. in the Gryffindor common room. It's great. Well, Rachel, you can edit. <laughs> serious. Rachel, you can I, you I, can edit out cheese trashing her common room, considering she's the head of your house. I'm not trashing. <laughs> yeah, it. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that Ravenclaws are out there pursuing their goals and don't have time to take care of their home life that they should. Here, here. Okay. We're all here, just getting here. therapy, and you know. We're going to get our priorities in straight one of these days, just as soon as we get through college and get a 4.0, you know? That's Ravenclaw. That's Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, that's then you'll be looking for promotion after promotion, and you'll never live in the day. That's pathetic. Always oh. live in the future. That's a Gryffindor for you, living in the moment. No, that's a Gryffindor. <laughs> 
I'm a Hufflepuff. I could give a crap. Does anyone need a hug? I always need hugs. We could call Ryan Huggles the Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) Just try it. Just try it. Headmaster Huggles. Just try it. Lola's going to be all over the forum by tomorrow. Just try it. Cry all over you if you give him a chance. I am so changing Ryan's name to Huggles in a few minutes. Because right. I have the power. Yeah, that's what you think. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that would be a wonderful... I, I smell an April Fool's Day joke coming around the corner. <laughs> oh, that would be a great Halloween prank. A great Halloween prank, prank would be to like give all of our like original members different names than the ones they're registered with. Like, just to mess oh, people up. So it would be so funny. funny. Yeah, because Jen's yeah, yeah. never done that before. No, like, give them different usernames. Like... You know, like Lola and Huggles. Yeah, like oh. Lola and Huggles. And- I actually love that name, Huggles. I bet when Danielle hears wind of this, oh, right, yeah. it's going to be... You're going to have a pet name, You're my fiancé, Huggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I believe this is going to stick. Oh, God, don't I say that. It. That was brilliant. <laughs> I could so not sorry, have thought right? something like that. Okay, so you're like that other, guys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, by the way, having that conversation. I've just revoked Jen's security <laughs> access to <laughs> I really did. Oh, I does not want to be Huggles. You're going to be <laughs> I'm like, I need time to <laughs> I'm actually checking to make sure you didn't. <laughs> I think Are we you should all go and post to Huggles. I know. Started. We just have if to do that. Oh, Ryan, you have to let me at least for the weekend. All right, for the weekend. <laughs> yes, y'all are heard it. Everybody I'm only doing listen. this because you're homeless and you're half of your colon's missing. That's the only oh, reason I'm doing this. Not yet. Not and yet. that it's is exactly cool. why we call you Huggles. <laughs> I'm like the guy that lets his wife put me in a dress because she has to measure the length just because I feel bad. <laughs> Oh, not a bad way to be, Ryan. All right, can we get off the topic? Can we get back to what you're like? Do you all have what I mean about the battle okay. of the teddy bear? The battle yeah, of the teddy bear. No. Oh, okay, so guys. True. Now you have to hear. This is important. I, what I really like about these chapters is how Harry seems to be um, fighting with himself about what to call Snape. And I like that it's not easy for him. That, that, I, don't, I like that they don't suddenly go, Hi, Dad. And it's just sunshine and daisies. You know, I mean, it's something yeah. like, and I think it's so perfect that Draco keeps, you know, egging him on about it. Yeah. And... Draco's really pushing the issue. Well, I totally yeah, agree. Draco it, yeah, Draco half wants him to and half just likes Does him it. about well, it. Well, that's, that's a great dynamic. Cause Snape, on Snape's behalf. Yeah, because Snape, Snape-o. Snape, well, it's so funny because it started Snape-o with Dudley. And now Draco seems to have picked up what Dudley was doing. Yeah, Which but, I think is amazing. But on some level, he like the more he wants. Well, Draco's in an interesting position because he's he's pushing Harry towards Snape. But on the other hand, the more he does that, the more he feels ostracized. So it's, yeah. it's inter- and it really shows kind of the strength of the character. The fact that he's it's it's like the guy who the girl breaks up with him, and then he tries to help the girl get together with the new guy so she'll be happy. It's oh, it's, it's such a- is the older siblings thing. I know I used to do that too with Shannon, and then I would like want her to get more attention from mom and dad and then i would feel sad that i don't have that i didn't have the attention and you guys get along great now uh didn't you leave her, hold on sister. didn't you leave her in yellowstone to die ryan yes 
That was my you're about to be Huggles voice. <laughs> what do I do now? I'm saving well. the truth. <laughs> oh God. All right. Um, all right, we're going just the, the fic for the rest of the time because we got like two hours left to talk about. Um, I really like the dynamic of Draco, like I just said a moment. Actually, I'm edit that out because I don't want to go with that. Um, one thing I do want to bring up here is actually, does this come up in this chapter? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Actually, oh. do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> I, I actually do. Well, one thing I want to talk about in these chapters because we didn't get to it last week was Hermione's gift to Harry. And I, I really like, we've talked about all the characters. We've talked the about. The Wellwitch? Not the well-wish. Hermione's Christmas oh, gift book. to Harry. The oh, book. the book. Which the I, book. I swear to God, Aspen has written this book in real life, and a year like none other is just a really good <laughs> marketing tool. Yeah, She's know. reviewing it. I know. She references it quite a bit. Yeah. I mean... I love this book. <laughs> well, you ever realize it's like sometimes like in any story, there's a plot device. It's either you know the expositionary character who comes into the story who's the, there just to dispense plot... Or there's the cat Gosh, character. Book. Yeah, or there's <laughs> characters who just don't know anything. So, the, so it's kind of like, you know, the creepies don't know anything about Quidditch, so Harry has to explain it while there's new readers in the room. And there, there's yeah. characters always like that. Like, I really feel like the book is that. It's so much fun. It's like, you know, Harry says something stupid, there's a moment of silence, and then Draco's like, on page 28 of the book, it explains why you're doing that. I just, I, I, yeah, I, but I do, I do love the book. I think it's... I, think I like it's, it too. I wish I had it. Me what? too. Are you staring at your kid like you're doing something I know is in the book? I know I could figure out why yeah. you're doing this if it was in the book. <laughs> Everybody in my life, I'm trying only. to figure him out. Yeah, if I only had yeah. that damn book, I could figure <laughs> you out. If anyone needs, that's the danger hey. in taking like psychology and human development classes is you start to like think that you've got yourself figured out, and then you try to figure out everybody else around you. You know, like you. Everybody like, does that. At the end of my psychology class, I was pretty sure that I was, like, obsessive-compulsive and bipolar and probably slightly <laughs> schizophrenic. And well, no, it's, yeah. a, it's the Lewis Black sketch. It's you get in an airplane with a magazine and you read the 32-page article on diabetes, and by the time the plane lands, you have diabetes. It's Yeah, can, exactly. Uh, yeah. I saw true. him last year perform here. Really? Yeah. He's so true. loud. I, know. <laughs> I, think I, think I love it. We should get them on the I podcast. Think I think that'd be awesome. Yes. I think Harry Potter fan fiction is the market he's been trying to tap into. That exactly. Really That's what he told me. I have seen the end of the world. <laughs> I have but seen the end of the world. That is well, like Ryan and I were saying, fan fiction is a renewable energy source. What's so up with what pretty much everybody who's What are you, Al Gore's former intern? What? <laughs> oh, sorry. I went Although there. That's the renewable energy source too. <laughs> but, uh, so what happens? To, uh, we're going to talk about the fix for the rest of the time. Okay, that's oh, right. Speaking fix. of the book, sorry. I would like to say what what I think is most interesting about these chapters is the parental skills we get to see Snape go through, and. To me, reading this fake feels, and 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 I'm speaking of, I have no kids. I've never been responsible for. You have a dog, though, people. right? I've got dogs. Besides but the one time he almost ran over the dog with the car. Any problems with the dogs? Uh, the dogs are fine. Okay. But, 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 the, but, blah, 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 blah. um, in reading this, I think that I could, I could raise kids by watching what Snape does and learning by what he does wrong. Like, it's really interesting how he relates to his kid. Like, it's funny saying his kids, um, but, you know, to the kids and, being the father figure, and it's just really interesting to watch how 
I don't know. It's kind of like in some ways he's the perfect parent. And in some ways he does things that you just cringe at. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a sentiment that a lot of people have. Like my aunt was kind of this way and I'm about to tell kind of a snarky story, but it's okay. I'm G. I'm supposed to be snarky on the podcast. There you go. And she, uh, my aunt Meg is, um, probably about 12 years older than me. Well, probably a little bit older than that, but she's, you know, as far as my aunts and uncle goes, she's really not that much older than me. But, um, when I was growing up, like she married this guy that nobody in our family liked, whatever. And, um, the whole time she would tell her story, sorry, please continue. She, uh, like she would tell everybody else how to raise their kids, you know, like she would go, you know, you're letting them eat non-organic food. That's just awful. They're not going to have immune systems and blah, 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 and all this stuff, whatever. And um, then she had a, a kid, and, um, yeah, revenge has been sweet <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're letting her do that. She's going to be psychotic. She's going to have depression when she's older. All those good Sorry. intentions get thrown out the window after the second week, I think. That's oh, so true. I think so, too. I just, so like, true. it's so funny. Well, because, like, I used to work in a daycare, and so I would kind of get to see, like, different styles of parenting and stuff. And sometimes I would think to myself, you know, I could do that. And then I was like, then I think to myself, no, no, I couldn't. <laughs> you can. You can. You know, yeah. not right now. When I'm 19, I can't. But someday, someday my prince will come. Anyway. Maybe, we'll, maybe we can get you, like, a fish to start that month. Yeah. Like it is good to start with pets or something. Yeah, I cannot oh, do. I do not do fish. And if you kill, I, pet, I kill them stop. all the time. You kill, I kill pets? dogs. If you can keep dogs alive and happy, that's a very good start, Jen. I thank you. Says the woman who flushed a mouse down her toilet. But you know, sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, and I didn't. And flush the him. mice came back. The Remember, mice. they it came back me. after being flushed. Listen, Listen to, to the, the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think about it without, like, mental picturing the little cold, shivering little wet mouse in the toilet. <laughs> On that <laughs> note, so a year I like none other it. by Aspen in the sunlight. <laughs> I'm going to give up after week four. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, like, what are you... Okay, let's talk about uh, more of Snape's parenting skills, but in, specifically in relations to Ron. Because um, this isn't necessarily a parenting skill. This is where the lines between parent and teacher kind of cross. Yeah. You know, because he's on one hand, he's dealing with his son's best friend. And on the other hand, he's dealing with a student that was very disrespectful. So, um, you know, I, I think that's interesting how he handles the whole situation, especially at the latter part of this chapter, chapter 51, where Harry convinces Ron to go and get ideas from Snape. Something that would never occur to Ron. You know, he's like, well, just go ask him, you know? Yeah. Well, the whole... I think that's kind of... It's a weird situation if you think about it, because for most of the fic, Harry's being essentially homeschooled, but on school grounds, and he's still considered a member of the school. So he's getting essentially private tutelage from a school staff member. So Harry brings up this point several times over the chapters, and he's right. He has a fight with his father at the kitchen table, and all all of a sudden he's getting detention. There's no real delineation mm-hmm. between his home life and his school life. And, and that's the point that's brought up. If he goes back to the Gryffindor Tower when he gets his magic back and it's safe for him to do so, then he's back in school. But right now, he's having an argument with his father. So if, you know, his son's best friend says something disrespectful in 
essentially what is his family home, his son can his son's best friend can now be expelled. I mean, it's an interesting kind of situation, you know. First and foremost, um, as for Snape's parenting, one thing I always thought reading this was that I think I was falling into the trap of Snape is brilliant. Snape knows everything in this fic, and there are. I think he, I read it, interpreting it as that he had thought everything through 100% of the way, and it seems, in retrospect, that he only had it figured through maybe 70% of the way. I figured that he thought he would stop, you know, you know, at nothing until Harry and Ron were on good terms again. I never thought he was going to expel Ron, but wasn't it even mentioned in here that he was, at times, going to go through with that? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that was something which I, I was surprised by that. I know in the end he obviously didn't do it, and he obviously came out and said what he, why he was, you know, manipulating the situation. But I was surprised by Snape's again tact. On, I was surprised. What I said again? Yeah, they're all. Everybody in this fic is a manipulator. Don't worry about it. Everybody yeah. is. It's yeah. really getting it kind gets, of the key. Kind of to frustrating to me. Yeah. Well, and I in mean, fact, part one of the things that he does that's manipulative, that's frustrating to me, is in chapter fifty-two with the the fire chat with Hagrid. Oh yeah, that he doesn't say anything for so long, and yeah. he's like, "Well, I was waiting for you to say something about it and to get you know the nerve to do it and stuff." And I that just like, you know, why it bothered me because it it just there was something about keeping Harry from someone who he is close with that bothered me. It's yeah, it seemed an actually upon it reading a, it. It seemed an isolationistic tactic. You know, yeah, and I, I think that this if they had like here's an interesting point is that this is what people do when and I'm not trying to make this, you know, point out a flaw in Aspen's logic, but Snape is doing the kinds of things that people do when they're about to start abusing a family member or a spouse or a girlfriend, right? You know, you isolate them. Yeah. You make them rely on you alone, you know? I mean, it's not a very good effective way to build a relationship. I think that's one of Snape's big missteps is that he doesn't understand that Harry needs this web of support. He just can't be held up by Snape. And I think maybe that has a lot to do with um, Snape's upbringing. Again, going into my, I have taken a psychology class, so I think I know everything type. Of, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree that, though. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. I think that Snape, um, wa- I believe in, in the context of this fic that Snape wants Harry to trust him. And I think that he is going about it the wrong way by doing something like that. And as we're reading a fic like this, where we have that fear that Snape is going to isolate Harry from Ron and Hermione. And then here you, and it feels kind of like that because here he is in the dungeon, you know, for months or weeks or whatever. And then, and then you see that he like was intentionally keeping someone away from Harry. Mm-hmm. I really did not like that. That just struck a chord with me, and I, I mean, I'm over it now. But well, I didn't like it. let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Okay, let's go back. Harry is brought to the dungeons, and Ron and Hermione, you know, are allowed to visit only if Professor McGonagall escorts them down to the dungeons and so forth. So, in the very, 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 very beginning, he isolates Harry from his friends and from his housemates. And almost immediately, that shifts, and Ron and Hermione can come, but the others cannot. And after a while, that shifts, and the Gryffindors are allowed to come whenever they would like. And you see Ron and Hermione down, well, you see Hermione at least down, you know, frequently. And then it shifts again. So it, 
I don't get the sense from reading it that Snape is intentionally doing everything within his power to make sure that Harry remains separated from the Gryffindors. He does say that he wants Harry to go back to Gryffindor Tower when he's stronger, and I believe that he means that. He does... Yeah, I mean... I don't think he's separating them on purpose. I think he's being a bully. I think... That's his parenting style right now, with the 10,000 lines and the... Bully. The entire chat. He's 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 just imposing his... He's authoritative. Yeah, very authoritative, very strong, saying, I think this is how... It be- is best done, and that's what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to think any farther than that because this is what I want to do. Let me ask you this, though. There are, like, in, like, like, we talk about in human development, you know, in education, that there are four styles of parenting, authoritative, um, authoritarian, permissive. There's, like, two others, but, like, those two are the two extremes. My way or the highway or do whatever you want is Snape. And you're supposed to have kind of like a middle ground. Um, and Snape is very authoritative. He's very, this is the way we're going to do it because this is what I think is best. And, you know, Harry kind of has to, it's funny, it's interesting to see how sometimes Harry will take the lead role in the relationship and go, mm, not so much. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Of course, I think it's all that's saying the teacher aspect versus parent because I, I really feel that in parenting in regards to parenting Snape is kind of unsure and he kind of asks for Harry's opinion and it's kind of a together they're learning but when it comes to teacher I think Snape's pretty set in his ways and I'm sure he's had successful results with Pat, with doing things a certain way I mean I'm sure it's the same with you know kids what's it called when when you pop their hands in school or Lick, you know, oh, obviously way. in his te- yeah. in with Ron, I think he's not so he's not exactly the same way with with Harry in all aspects. I mean, he is giving a little and trying in the parenting. Well, he is, but he's got to be true to who he is too. I mean, he's not going to change, or we wouldn't like the story at all if he changed from authoritative state Snape to uh, permissive Snape. That's or whatever. a good point. Did y'all like this aspect of Snape showing up with what, him making Ron do the lines? What and, I saw with the lines was, what fits. I saw with the lines was, I need Ron to spend as much time with, as possible with Harry so that he can recognize, like this is what you were saying before, you know, why didn't Harry sit down with Ron and Hermione for three hours and say, here's what's happening, or maybe not with Ron, but at least with Hermione. And talk to Hermione and talk to Hermione and talk to Hermione. Because what we saw in these chapters was when Hermione comes down, you know, I believe it's in chapter 52, Hermione comes down to the dungeons and comes down to, you know, to Snape's quarters. And flirts with Draco, Draco and Hermione. Yeah. I know. How badly do you want them? I want them to get together so badly. In this Aspen hinted that that, never mind. I know. I think. Yeah, I think the hints. See, are hinted there. to something like that in the forum, though. Cause, really? Well, yeah. Because I mean, in not just in a year like none other, but in the other two that follow this fic. In summer, is it not hint, in is that summer? In no, she said has- something. Aspen said something like that on the forum, on the Puffa forum, about um, don't give up hope or something because oh, me. Really? And- Somebody else on the forum was saying, not that that means anything. She could just be, you know, stringing us along. Who knows? But um, <laughs> that would be. I awesome. mean, no offense, Aspen, because that's that. a really good way <laughs> to keep people in suspense. But yeah, I would love that too. I would be. I would seriously be so happy. 
Um, well, because it, it's, you know, it's a trilogy. No. I mean, you guys obviously Wait, know that. It hasn't finished. Like, we're in summer. Right. I think it's just in the middle. Where she right. is now, it's just in the middle. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. but. It'll be unbearable I mean, talking to Jen for the next few months until she gets an answer to this one. <laughs> no, I've been going with this for over happened. two years. Yeah, uh, it's all right. Love it's just it an if honor. that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but back so to her mind. I, I wanted to say before we got distracted about what Chi said about the different kinds of parenting styles and how Snape is authoritative right now. Or authoritative, I'm not sure you say that. Anyway, um, I think that that is very natural and true to life. And the reason I say that is because I think when people are about to become new parents, you know, when someone's about to have a baby, they are saying things like, well, this is how it's going to be. We're going to do this and this and this and this. And you have all these rules that you want to live, you know, you want to live by and all these standards that you want to stick to. And then the kid's born. And, and then the kid's born. And like, I think one of you said two weeks later, everything's different. You know, like for us, it's I'll give you an dog example. Eyes. You just can't say no anymore. Yeah. Our example was we were both like, we are never going to let the baby sleep in the same bed as us ever. You know, it's going to be in a crib. It's going to be, you know, it's never, gonna, you know, because some parents and it happens till they're two and it's really hard to get them to sleep in their own room. And it's this horrible thing. Mm. But sure enough, you know, for the first couple weeks, the baby was, you know, in bed with us. Bed. <laughs> <laughs> so because you can't sleep otherwise, you know, it just wants to be close. And also because once you have it and it's so tiny and you're not sure what to do, you know, you, but anyway, well, yeah. well I'm, the point of that is, is that you, everything that you thought you knew, you don't know. And so I think, and but as you progress through and as you grow with your child, you figure out what works for your family, what works between you and your child, because every, every child is different and some respond to different forms of authority. So I think that Snape being like, very like, this is how it's going to be, you know, he's sort of in that stage where... He thinks he knows, and he's slowly learning that he doesn't. Well, I will say, too, he seems to be rather open to changing. He doesn't seem to do the stubborn, I know what's best for you. And he says that. He says, look, Harry, I'm your father. you got to let me make some decisions for you. But he does, when Harry makes a good point, he does seem willing to say, point taken, I'll change. Like, And I think that's a, that's a somewhat grown-up thing to do there. I mean, here, here's my take on the whole thing. I mean, okay, look at the 10,000, um, I almost just said the 10,000 lashes, the 10,000 um, lines that, that Ron has to write. I saw that as a way of saying, okay, I need to get Ron down to the dungeons for a few weeks to spend time around Harry, because Ron has a very thick skull, and the only way you can get through it is with a screwdriver. So you need to like uh, literally force yeah. Ron to see it week after week after week after week after week. And I think that's what, like, I didn't see it as being this, you know, like Harry was screaming, that's a barbaric punishment, how dare you, that's terrible. He, you know, like, beyond getting carpal tunnel, I mean, he, he's, you know, he's spending time watching Harry and Snake, you know, work on homework assignments or cook or eat dinner, you know, and he's seeing that Snape is, in fact, not a vampire, and, and it's probably on some level helpful. <laughs> the problem is, Ron is in no position to interpret the information, so he has the extreme rose-colored glasses on, or the whatever color you want to use, black-colored glasses on, and he's not seeing it. So because he's not seeing it, you know, he could have done a hundred thousand lines and it wouldn't have mattered. And the way Snape handled it, I think, is just what Meg just said. You know, when he gets to the end of it, okay, we need to stall for another 30 seconds, redo these three lines. Oh, sorry, you spelled impugn wrong. You go do the whole damn thing all over again. Which, of course, oh. sends Ron, you know, in a tailspin, sends Harry in a tailspin. And, you know, okay, look at, the, look at his rationale for it. You know, 
if Ron refuses to obey my instructions, I'm going to expel him. And then Draco, I forget if it was Draco or if it was Snape who said it, well, could you imagine if someone accused Minerva McGonagall of sleeping with one of her young male students, or young female students, you know, what would you want to happen to the Slytherin who said that? And it it, it, it is a fair point. I know Draco makes the point. It is a fair point. He he didn't mean it, you know, from a logical place. He meant it from from a harmful, hurtful place. But that was, you know, what he said in that did have some level of hypocrisy to it when Harry objected to it. But I I, I don't get the sense from reading this, and, and we'll get back to the Hagrid thing, I don't get the sense from reading this that that Snape was trying to purposefully isolate Harry from, from you know, the Gryffindors or purposefully isolate Harry from Hagrid. I got the sense that he saw, okay, Harry's in this new position. He needs to rely on me. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to keep his friends away from him. I'm not going to keep everyone away from him, but I'm going to put limits on how much, you know, outside influence he has because I need him to, on some way, be open to what's happening, you know, in, 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 in our lives together. And, and, and I, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I also think in that, that that Snape is also giving Harry a chance to kind of deal with things alone and is secluded. by you know, he's he's got people he can count on, but he's not being bombarded by all his friends and all his obligation. And he's taking he's being forced to take the time he needs to work through things. And in that, he's building a new relationship. But I, I have to agree that I don't think that it's Snape uh, purposely cutting off Harry from his friends on purpose of being mean or cruel or even forgetful. I, I think the importance of this story is the relationship that they're building. And maybe, maybe she used that as a plot helper or, you know, but I don't know. I have to, I, I just don't think that it was ill intended. And here's the only reason I'm going to stick to that. And I'm going to agree with Jen, which usually doesn't happen. Usually we're on the other I know. side of this. This is nice. Jen, hug. Um, Aww, you know, here's, and here's my reason for that. How many, okay. We're on episode like seven or episode eight or whatever of our year, like none other series. How many times have we stopped the podcast with all the things we stopped this podcast for? How many times <laughs> have we stopped the podcast to rail on the fact that Harry and, and Hagrid aren't having lunch once a week? I, mean, I know. But like, here's the thing. If Harry said, I want to have lunch with Hagrid, and Snape said, absolutely not, the man's a bastard, and I'll agree with what you say. But Harry hasn't asked. He has made no effort to reach out to Hagrid. And if he doesn't ask, and Snape doesn't volunteer it, I can live with the fact that, you know, Snape is, you know, withholding it for Harry's own good and would let Harry, you know, talk to him in some capacity. Like he said, you could have written Snape. Hagrid the leather on day one and written him a leather every day. Well, I didn't think I could send it out. I mean, there, he, you, you never asked, Harry. You never ask. So, I mean, I don't see that as a problem. And, you know, for everything that happened with Ron, I really believe that Snape's heart was in the right place, even if his implementation, as Harry said, is faulty. You know, people like Ron do not respond to logic. People like Ron. You could have kept Ron down there for six months. He would not have opened his mind unless he wanted oh, to. Oh, I disagree. Mind. I think Ron responds to logic. He respond, he responds to emotion first, and you gotta get him past the emotion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I we're think not I like him for that. This Ron here, I think. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't defending him. I was just. I was actually kind of insinuating that he responds to logic in the Hermione way, but. Anyway. Huh? Oh. <laughs> okay, that that was deep. That like that was like that was kind of like with Ron. You can't be that cunning with us. You gotta come right out and say it. Sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay, oh. sorry. See, even the dogs didn't get that one. I mean, you really, you guys just nailed yeah, They were upset well, about that. I thought that. I'd give it a try and right. see if it went through, and then I had to explain it. So. We're just too simple so, for that one. Let's talk about Hermione, everyone. I want to talk about I, Hermione's gift oh. of the book, and I want to talk about Hermione um, in that scene. Uh, I did want to say quick okay. about Hagrid, though, yeah. that... Um, you made a good point about Harry not ever actually saying anything about Hagrid, okay. which yeah. is pretty reminiscent of canon, actually. I was waiting for the line, where's Hagrid? Oh, he burned in the fire. Like, you know, because oh. they never... Aww. That's terrible. And then Harry would, you know, have something else to be I would just like up. to point out... Harry that would the angst po- about that forever. I just want to point out the Pofonians <laughs> were more upset that she dissed... Sound of sound of music than you know the fact that I said that. that Do not bring that up. If Hagrid, if Hagrid had died, then we'd be upset. None of us thought he would. Hagrid fell from thirty thousand feet and bumped his head in the stolen. I have to tell you guys that when I saw that the chapter title of that chapter, The Fallen Warrior in Deathly Hallows, the first thing I said was, "Man, we're on chapter five and Hagrid's already dead." <laughs> Very clinical of you, Meg. That's nice from Wisconsin. That's, I like it. That's heartless. The woman who saves the freaking mouse is like, oh, look, honey, Hagrid's dead. I had just been expecting it for so long, and then it didn't happen. I was sort of. I was waiting. You, you were not disappointed, disappointed Meg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jen will understand this. If you really Thank like you. angst, sometimes. You look for a reason to be angsty, and I, oh, I totally got, you know, you gypped on my Hagrid death. I'm sorry. Oh, people are going to hate me for this. No, I think oh, it's I had it. I had it out for Hagrid. I thought he was going to die. Didn't, I'm sorry. Didn't it didn't seem like he just had, it was like written all over him. I yeah, was waiting so every book. I was waiting for him to die. Well, he even in the last one, I, I knew there was, him. like, three places in oh. Deathly Hallows. I knew Hagrid was a goner. Yeah. <laughs> and Jen had a very favorable <laughs> reaction to this book. I just have to tell you, Jen loved every minute of that reading experience. Oh. <laughs> now, be nice. Everybody Jen. goes through grief their own way. Evidently, she yelled at me for three thing. days, and I didn't even write the damn thing. <laughs> uh, All right. Oh, I God. like it now. But uh, anyway, but the point was, you have a good point about Harry uh, asking about Hagrid. I mean, we've gone off on the Deathly Hallows tangent. Oh, man. Here I was like, I think it's so wrong that Snape would keep Harry from Hagrid. Hagrid. Meanwhile, you're like, I just wish Hagrid would die like everybody else. I wanted to be angsty over Hagrid's death, but no, he stayed alive. Whatever. She said he was her favorite character all the time. James thinks he's such an idiot, but I would seriously have, I would have died if Hagrid died. I I would have been really upset too, but I was prepared for it. Yeah, the next story would have been Harry, like, in an institution at that point. No. Shaking back and forth, you know, seriously. If if Harry could accept serious dying, he could accept Hagrid dying. Come on, people. Mm -hmm. I thought it would have would have been the trifecta the trifecta of grief first yeah. now serious, i don't want then no, dumbledore like- then hagrid and it would have been like complete Hello? but no <laughs> everybody could have died <laughs> everybody that was remotely a father figure to harry would have died then well, then you would have had to knock off Arthur Weasley, too, if you don't well, like Joseph Ar- to get through. Dumbledore finally died, and then he she just thought about came killing back. Arthur. 
Can we talk about Hermione now, please? <laughs> yes. Can we get yes. back to a, like another? We're halfway through chapter one. Can we get back? I know. My only complaint about this is that Draco does not wear leather in this fic. No kidding, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's maybe he really does. And we just don't know. I know he wears it secretly to bed. <laughs> well, I just well that makes it so much better. <laughs> I give up talking about whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, no, seriously. What are we going to move to? What happens? Yes, let's talk about Hermione. All right, I love the way that it's written, the fact that she puts her, like, tiny little nose up in the air and that she's a stubborn, stubborn girl. We're getting it all from Harry's perspective. (laughs) A stubborn, stubborn girl? It's like, stubborn, stubborn girl! But, like, like, I was trying to figure this out today, how much of that I thought was, um, Meg, you're, like, you know, Hermione, but you're from Wisconsin. Like, what did you think of the characterization of Hermione in Chapter 52? Like, what did you, well, like- here's my problem with this. I want to say that I thought it was out of character for Hermione, but honestly, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> because... Damn you, Aspen. <laughs> I know. No, it's, well, the thing is, is, and I'm always in denial about how irritating Hermione is, but I'll say it here and now, she is irritating at times. I think that coming, okay, I was that girl, and sometimes still am. So I think I defend her because I think that all of us have been irritating if you were that girl. And I'm sure Jen and she know what I'm talking about. And you too, yes. Kim, probably. Oh, um, yeah. And so, but I think that her, what the way she is and sticking her nose up in the air and the sending Harry the book and all those things, I think they're pretty in character for Hermione because Hermione is a helper. She wants to help. She wants to fix. She wants to make sure that everyone is, she's you know, happy and well adjusted. And she wants, she wants to do something and she just like, she's actually a lot like Ron in that way. They both want to do something. They just don't necessarily know how all the time. So they just do whatever they're bat, they're best at. For Ron, that's emotional, explosive, you know, react before I think about what I'm doing type things. For Hermione, it's sending a book that's highly inappropriate. Can I just tell you this? I, for most of the day today, I was I knew how I thought about this scene, but there was one moment from canon that just completely, you know, went against this characterization of Hermione, and I couldn't get past it. And about 20 seconds ago, as I was about to lead with that, I realized that wasn't canon and Melinda actually wrote it. So I'm actually <laughs> going to just revise in, you know, my earlier remarks and just say I think it was completely in character. I think Hermione is someone canon and otherwise who does not realize that she is not an expert on everything and she feels as though if she read it in a book it's true until proven otherwise and she doesn't like you know other thoughts getting in there and clouding that up so if you know if if snape has been a bastard all these years and i feel like snape is a bastard then snape is a bastard and that's it and you know there's very little harry can say that will change that because her belief is that everything coming out of harry is is you know harry's mind having been changed by snape so she doesn't trust anything he says and there's nothing he can really say in that context to change her mind and the, the only thing he really did change was, Hermione, do not make me choose between him and and you, because that's not a very nice thing to do. And I think that when he when Harry gets down to the basic human level and says, Hermione, you are hurting me, when he really, like, bangs her over the head with it, does she kind of 
drop her head just a bit and say, you know, Harry, I love you. I'm doing what, you know, I think is best for you. But when she drops her head just a bit, I can't tell if that is remorse or if that is, you know, I've lost this, you know, battle and I'll try again tomorrow. I just saw it as her <laughs> I'll live to fight another day. Yeah. I, th- I her softening a little bit. Like she yeah. kind of for that moment <laughs> saw it from his point of view, but couldn't quite accept it. Even I, still. I, I don't think yeah. so. I, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was her, Living to fight another day. And, I don't think so. I, uh, think, that, I think that Hermione is nothing if not someone who learns from her mistakes. And she has right. a heart. I think that Harry did yeah. the right thing in appealing to the feminine side of him. Oh, I think he absolutely did. Yeah. I think yeah, manipulative Slytherin Harry shows himself up again. Well, well I mean, yeah. There's that, but I think that's also, I think, I think that that's something yeah. that maybe a lot of men in, in people's lives should just, sometimes, you just can't, you know, sometimes with girls, you just have to be like, it's, there's, you know, men make all these jokes about how they're so much more dense than us and yada, yada, and all this stuff. Sometimes with the girls, you just have to say, stop, <laughs> like you're hurting me like that, you know, oh my God, if, if a guy ever said that to me, I think my heart would stop. Like that would just break me. So I think that that's a good thing that the Harry, you know, got to that point and was able to just be honest with her. I think that'll be good for their relationship in, in the long term. And because there's so many layers in the storyline, it's interesting because you don't know if Harry's saying that, you know, as a human being, is Hermione's old friend, or if he's saying that because he's half Slytherin and that's the Slytherin cunning in him coming out, knowing it's well, the long way of Why can't it be all of those things? It is. It is. It's, I, I it's, think it definitely it's, is it's, all it's, of them. Harry has that in him because he's half Slytherin, and because he's half Slytherin, the Sorting Hat saw those traits within him. And it's, it's interesting. It reminds me of the scene from Half-Blood Prince with uh, Slughorn and Hagrid's Hut and the Felix Felicis. You know, you're the only one who can help me. And you see that a little bit later when Harry writes yeah, to Hermione. Yeah, that part books. gave me chills when I read that in canon because yeah. I was like, whoa. He's, Never have yeah. we seen Harry like that before, and I was really impressed. It's hi, I'm Harry Potter. I'm the boy who lived. Perhaps you've heard of me. Yeah, it's it's something. That, yeah, but uh, he was actually like you know, and he got more like that too. Yeah, which was awesome. I loved that. But I mean, and I mean, as far as Hermione goes, I think that this Hermione, I should ref- I should clarify what I mean by Hermione being a canon. I think this is definitely or in character after Order of the Phoenix which mm-hmm. is when this fic was written. I don't think as much after the entire series. I think Hermione came a long way as far oh, as yeah. her as they far as did. her character. Well, yeah, they all did, but I, I I see in Hermione a lot of she you know, she was very much you know, because I mean, for what I keep thinking of, what keeps going through my head is in Half-Blood Prince when Harry and Ron are saying that Snape is evil. And Hermione says, evil is a very strong word. You know, so I think that a lot of times yeah. she is the voice of reason well, as far as, you know, it's not black, it's not white, it can be both. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's, when you look at, I'm trying to think of it. Go back and I mean, that was like Joe speaking in that part. You, you, we, in the canon, we've never seen the trio put through a situation like this. I mean, we've probably had jokes at one point or another in the canon. It's been a while, a while since I read the canon, but, you know, we probably had jokes at one point. Like, you know, you know, Harry says something and Ron looked at him like, you know, he just said, I want Snape to adopt me and be my father. Like, you know, this is, this would be a joke in the canon, this plot line. This is not something that was ever realistically put out there as, you know, a path that the story could go down. So we've never really seen the characters canon wise put in a situation where Hermione has to grab, 
grapple with the fact that, you know, Harry is now the son of Severus Snape. So it's it's tough to say, well, in canon, they definitely would react to the situation this way. But I will agree with that, that, you know, the, the one thing which did raise eyebrows was that I don't recall Hermione in the canon, but I, I do see it being in character a little bit, is when she is saying that, you know, Slytherins are evil, and he's a Slytherin, you can't trust him, he's going to poison you, and, you know, you're, you, that's a pure blood tradition, and Hermione is pushing back at Draco all of the stereotypes that they've been complaining about for years, and, you know, she's called a mudblood, and she can't stand it, but she'll call him a Malfoy, as though that one word sums up everything about him. Now, in her defense, he's given her concrete proof over the past five years of what type of a person he is and now all of a sudden in year six he's changed and in her defense she doesn't fully grapple with the fact and i don't even think she has any idea of it yet i know she doesn't have any idea of it yet <laughs> idea idea she has no idea of it yet we've gotten used to it by now right i know it's like it's like when jen's like y'all i'm like what but, you know, <laughs> Hermione has no inclination that at this point in the storyline, Draco went through Samhain with Harry and Draco had this metamorphosis. So she's seeing the Draco who, you know, held her prisoner, you know, when he was a member of the Inquisitorial Squad. She's seeing the Draco who's called her Mudblood after Mudblood after Mudblood. So for her, he's a Malfoy. And that's like a dirty word. But he's legitimately trying but it takes a, like if you have someone who's been your enemy for years and they all of a sudden are nice to you one day you're going to see it as sarcasm you're not going to see it as an attempt to to let bygones be bygones so i think that any inconsistencies i may detect and there's like traces of inconsistencies within hermione is immediately understandable based on the fact that she's number one very emotional number two she's very concerned and i have no number three at all and some other third thing is what you're supposed to say in that point. And the other thing, which is very important, which I'll get to later when I think of it. And some other third thing. Yeah. Or as Lady Chi would say, A, 2, D. <laughs> you know seven. what, Ryan? Yes, Lady Chi. <sighs> you know, I... You want to think about that for a while? I'll get back to the rest of it. <laughs> yes. I tried to think of like... Yes. I tried to think of like... Damn you! <laughs> You know, I'm just trying to think of, like, what would be appropriate, because I've already threatened Mac with, I know where you live, I know what state you live in, and Ryan thought that was pretty funny, and... I know your general so, whereabouts. I know your general I'm picturing she in, like, a broken-down car with, like, a nav system. Hey, hey, to... hey, I have Danielle's, um, I am name. I'll just tell her you're being a meanie pants, that you woke up this morning and put on your mean pants. And see what she does then. Oh, your mean pants. She'll say, <laughs> his grumpy pants. You'll, his she'll say, quote pants. unquote, welcome to my world. How was your day? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. But that, but I did appreciate the fact that Hermione, <sighs> I you know what I like, I'm going to take this back. I mean, I, 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 I'm saying inconsistencies with Hermione. I'm, I'm, it's emotion. I, I, I like the way very much that Hermione was written here, and I like the fact that Hermione is the one who, now that we've had all this perspective... I mean, think about this. A few... Like, go back to previous episodes, when 
Harry had the first seer dream that he's going to go down and live in the dungeons. I'm like, oh, I hope he's not going to live in the dungeons. He, you know, Ron and Hermione are never going to come down. They're never going to speak to him again. He's, it's going to be Malfoy and Snape all the time. You know, I was very desperate for the Gryffindors to stay involved in the story somehow. And now all of a sudden I'm like, Hermione, you're being kind of a jerk here, don't you? Like, so it's, it's kind of like we've been cooped up with Harry too, and we've been changed like Harry's been changed. So I like the fact that I'm finding fault with Hermione as a person calling Draco a Malfoy, whereas I do within every other fic that we discuss. So it's right. Like Isn't that it. wonderful? Isn't that Malfoy. wonderful about her writing? That's that you know, change your love that she's that that she's very good at manipulating what you you what what she wants you to feel. It's so subtly that you don't even notice it most of the time until, until you get moments into a like, like this. this. And you she's realize like Snape. Hey, She's Aspen. like, but she's a Slytherin, Aspen. <laughs> Why is she even Clark? She's a Slytherin. I'm very confused. <laughs> because she's she's very nice. She's a very nice lady. And so you're saying the Slytherins aren't very nice? Yeah. No, they can be nice. They're just very. Well, it's nice not, can go by the Manipulative isn't the right too. word because it's not manipulation if you enjoy it, is it? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's hot. Okay. <laughs> that's hot okay oh, yeah, that's Paris so, um, sorry I just went Paris there for a minute <laughs> you pro- here we go we're back to some oh, God. oh sorry 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 Hermione it just makes me think not smut, smut. and Draco yep Oh, Snape. Okay. So can we point out the fact that, you know, Harry and Draco, after being, you know, premenstrual women in the last episode, have now come around to their 13-year-old schoolgirls staying up in bed at night talking about boys. I love that. Yeah. So I- <laughs> boys don't really do that? That is no, such a no, we do. I have to we say, do. I have a brother, and I have, and he has had friends sleep over. I have never like walked downstairs and encountered like a boy chat. Like he would come <laughs> really? walk downstairs and it's kind well, of like a girl chat. Let, like, let me point it to you this about, way: like, video games, like, Dungeons and Dragons status strategy. Oh. Let me put it to you this way: if they were twelve, that is the conversation <laughs> they would be having. And and this really? isn't a crack at the writing. This is you know the characters in the story are you know. At some point, they're 47 years old. At some point, it's at the end of 52. At some point, they're, you know, they have the mentality of 12 year olds, but that's just based on what they've been through. So it feels real for the characters. But if they're, well, here's the thing. I mean, if they're 12, you know, this is the type of conversation I think they would actually be having, you know, like, like so-and-so likes you, you know, would someone like, like that's the type of thing. So boys really do talk like that. I've always wondered. Well, if you're 12, you might, but you might be pretending that you're 16. And if you're pretending to be 16 or if you're actually 16, conversations that take on a whole new context and you're going to be, there you go. So, you know, although with you know, well, not really with Draco, but with Harry, I don't think he remotely is into that yet. He's so. not ready he's, for that. He's, he's still not, 12, I think. Yeah, Draco, Draco not so is. much, not so much, not so much. It's someone who's read <laughs> Barb's Psychic, Psychic Serpent Trilogy. Like, yes, yeah. Harry is hot in that one. Yeah. So. Uh, he's also really? way out of, he's also oh, majorly out of character. You Let's know what? I could not, I <laughs> cannot read a smut fic that has Harry in it. I just can't. <laughs> You gotta have some bad it. boy. You have to have some bad boy there. And Harry's all goody. No. I just, you know, because I can, well, I don't know. I can read a smut fic with Ron. I can read a smut fic with Jerry Go or Really? Saint, You'll have to recommend me a good smut Ron fic because I have not. There are a ton. Any. 
Really? I wish I had yeah, one of those fog horns that you keep on the boats <laughs> in case you get lost at sea. I warned you. I warned you. I really, I really want to talk about Lumos. I want to talk about. Yes, let's talk not, about. We're that. not allowed to talk about that chapter. It's not in the reading. It's not in the reading. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No. Oh wait. Oh wait. Hold on. Oh crap. What is it? Not tonight. Next week. Not. It's next. Oh, I did that on purpose. I I know why now. Oh, oh I'm really sorry. We didn't do the notes for tonight. Like, I have mine typed up, but we didn't share them with each other. Things I have typed out oh, okay. um, that we can potentially talk about here um, would be, you know, Harry and the progression on the well-wish. Um, obviously, the huge fight that uh, Harry has with Draco and Snape. and That's what I was about to say, yeah, the money the, issue. Yeah, the money issue and the, mm-hmm. follow, the follow-up to the dream. The dream itself. Um, obviously, you know, you get to Coco where, you know, Draco literally, you know, drugged Snape. Uh, <laughs> I love that. The whole point right. about, wi- yeah, the wisdom of the well-wish. Um, oh, Ryan, you've got such good, that is all the things I want to talk about. Like, that's oh, what no, you're what? reading. Me, no, what, guys, oh, yeah, the snarky Gryffindor. No, guys, look, if you look in your um, Skype conference, I just sent you my list. If you guys want to read it for a second. Oh, holy then, free holies. This looks like my notes. Good job. This show notes, Ryan. There you go. So just read it for a second, and then we'll go through. You should see my notes, except my notes are like, I've I've gone into highlighting and doing those bubbles on the side. So I have to oh, scroll yeah. down. That's my right. favorite feature. Of, I use that when I bathe. It's all wonderful. The time. Yeah. My favorite feature of Word. I think the idea of um, the allowance. We didn't talk about the allowance. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, okay. Like, Talking about the worst parent ever, Snape's like, what do you think would be a fair allowance? There's kids over the world who, like, would kill to be asked to set their own allowance. I know! <laughs> I didn't get an allowance. I had to earn my money. Well, that's I part of the allowance. allowance. Well, the allowance is your pay. You're, you do chores and you're paid. No, some kids no. just get money weekly for yeah. the hell of it. But we don't like those kids. Unless you're one of those no. kids listening, in which case, change your ways. Thank you, man. No, I actually can't say bad things because I had a friend who was one of those kids and they would always like buy stuff. Like I, I wouldn't earn enough money and we'd go out and they'd pay and it was awesome. And they would just <laughs> get, they would just get the money. Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> my parents would pay for stuff occasionally, but like I, my father's a miser. So he's like, mean? seriously, when he walks, oh, it just he's means cheap. That he's, he's oh. cheap. When he walks, he sounds he like a little birdie. Cheap, 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 yeah. cheap. Yep. When he walks, he squeaks. I tell him that all the time. Okay. <laughs> That's so cute. This is, this is everything that happened to my car lately. Like, I got in a wreck, and I had to, like, replace the entire electrical system, and my tire went flat, so we had to get, like, four new tires. Um, actually blew out on the highway. And um, what else is new? Uh, my air conditioner doesn't work. Uh, the light, the lights go on randomly for no reason. Like, there can be nothing wrong with my car. And um, and he still won't buy me another one. <laughs> And it's not like the man doesn't make money. <laughs> because, like, I'm not, like, trying to be, like, a snob here, but my dad does software development. So it's not like we're hurting. But he's just like, he's, no, I, I really can't afford one. And I'm like, whatever, dad. You just paid $2,000 to have the whole house recarpeted and new hardwood floors and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I, I've paid my car insurance since I was 16. I bought all my cars. I really can't say anything. <laughs> Well, I, can't, I can't afford to buy. I can't afford to buy a car well, right that's now. Not really I can't fa- afford to. I mean, yeah. I have had to pay for my car insurance, but my car was a high school graduation present. And, but it was the used family car. It wasn't like they went out and bought. They went and bought themselves a new car. 
Exactly. I drove a Mitsubishi yes. Galant without a heat shield, and every time I went over 25 miles an hour, the car backfired. I went on a road trip with people, and they kept calling me on my cell phone to tell me that my exhaust was bright blue. And I just told them, don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> I probably poisoned like an entire strip of the New Hampshire border. <laughs> okay, anyway, back to your like. <laughs> Can we just like make a, like a, a recording of Chi saying that and just cut it? <laughs> anyway, yes. Anyway, and just keep using it over and over. <laughs> that would be really. I would like not think that was. I would probably think that was funny. Okay. All right. Let's um, talk about the fight. Are we let's talk about the fight. Or okay. Yeah. Let's, let's just jump through it. Let's just let's just jump through it. Okay. Hang on, I'm sorry, Chi, your sound is a little soft, so if it sounds like we're talking over you, we don't mean to. Do I need to turn my input volume up? Try it. Okay, what do you guys think about this now? Is that better? Yeah, it sounds better. It sounds better. Okay. It sounds amazing. Okay. I I just right in the room with me. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, Chi, please separate from Jen. Yeah. Windows. (laughs) Apparently, my uh, microphone was set as the Windows default device Mm -hmm. instead of my (laughs) active voice. Deep voiced. I'm so glad we're making fun of someone else's method of speaking. I'm just I so know. happy. Method of speaking. At yep. least it wasn't speaking er. Oh, okay, God. seriously, guys, you're like none other. What do we think of the fight? What do we think of the fight? Um, the, you know what? I thought so mad. Jerk. Harry was really awful Me too. here. Yeah, oh, they were. Everybody was really awful, and that was, that's what was, makes it really. That's what makes it realistic. Well, it is was. That I mean, awful. Yeah, I mean, you know? know, yeah, and I just have to preemptively like launch a carpet bomb against Meg here. I mean, the, the, I what 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 Harry essentially said was, you know, convert it to a generic family argument. I have DNA. Pre- I, it's like basically saying I have DNA evidence that Dad doesn't love you. Aww. Yeah. I know, that was mean. It's really terrible. I mean, and like, you can instantly t- I mean, that's the thing. Harry is a smart, cunning kid, and he got over the course of these 53 chapters, or whatever the hell it's been, that Draco cares very deeply for Snape, and he wants to be Snape's son, and he he, he was just so pissed at, at what happened with Snape and with Ron, and I think he was getting this belief over the course of the chapters that Snape would be someone who would let him get away with murder, and that this is a very special relationship, you know, just based on the fact that he's Harry Potter, the boy who lived, he's going to be able to have a lot of input, and he's going to be trusted, and when he's treated like a normal kid by his, you know, guardian, by his father, you know, he, he, he didn't like that. He didn't like the fact that he couldn't talk Snape down from the way he was treating Ron. He didn't like it, yeah. even though he didn't understand it. So when when Draco laughs at it, even though the fact that Ron is being a complete, complete ass to Harry in these chapters, he gets very upset, and he goes after Draco for caring about money, and, Dra- and Snape doesn't want to adopt you because he knows you care about money so much that he knew that you know it would be a deal breaker for you. And, 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 so he's basically telling Draco that Snape doesn't think very highly of you. Think of what Draco has left. Draco has nothing. He has Harry and you know his and, and, and Snape and, and his designer set of luggage. I mean, that is it. He doesn't have anything, and Harry takes oh, that away Draco. from him. So, and I was completely, you know, understanding the fact that you know Snape is so harsh on him, saying you don't deserve to be my son and get out of my sight, because that was a very realistic reaction. Now, look at the fallout from that. Harry doesn't eat for a day. Now, in any other fic, you know, Harry doesn't eat for a day because Harry's, you know, never eats after fights. He doesn't eat during Quidditch matches. And he doesn't eat when he's studying and he doesn't eat when, when the scar hurts. I mean, Harry is a stick for a reason. But 
You know, ass that on- is so sad. I never <laughs> realized that from canon. I want to bake Harry <laughs> cookies. Uh, but, but this is the thing. In the canon, it's not really a thing. And we've talked about this many times. You know, canon Harry is not abused, even though he should be. Yeah. And this he doesn't is- handle things the way that he, nor- he would if he were actually accurate. Well, Meg, you said this before. You know, I'm going to throw you in your room and not let you eat for a week. If you're an 11-year-old kid, not eating for a week is a big deal. But, oh, it's like you were saying earlier. You, you're chasing your son and you tripped. And, oh, it's funny. Mommy fell down. And you're, like, you know, bruised all over your body. I mean, <laughs> there's things where you laugh, yeah. you know, instinctively because it's a funny expression. But it's it's a serious thing. And the fact that, you know, Harry responds like an abused child in the scene. And he doesn't eat and he doesn't sleep and he doesn't get out of bed and he literally is depressed over it and to make it even worse for harry he has a seer dream that tells him that snape is going to unadopt him and then he goes to find snape and the door is locked and snape always said i will be there for you at night and that to harry was snape locking him out of his life and it's just this like every okay draco lost everything at that moment because of Harry, and now Harry has lost it. Like, what does Harry have back? The Gryffindors, you know, are icy cold to him. You know, he has Hermione, who thinks he's, you know, being brainwashed. He has Ginny and Neville, who are distant from him at the moment, although they'd be there for him in a second, I believe, and I still believe, you know, if if they needed him. Um, you know, Dumbledore, he doesn't trust, and he, he he's in that situation where he literally has you know, taken, you know, Snape into his, into his life and into his trust. Now he thinks that Snape has left him and he thinks he's, you know, deserving of it. So it's just, it was just like chapter 53, I have to say is, was the most emotional roller coaster that we've read so far. I mean, hands oh, down. Yeah. It was I, hard, it was to, hard read. to read. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad somebody else was like, you know, feeling that way. And I think that part of the reason it was like so hard for me to read is just, Oh, I guess there's really not a point in really being like, um, honest about it, not being honest about it. Um, just having, being like just diagnosed on Wednesday with clinical depression, um, before when I was reading this, sometimes angst helps you deal with your own angst. And then other times it kind of weighs you down and is heavy. And, um, this chapter really was a struggle for me to get through, um, reading because it seemed so, you know, how, like, when you get in this, I'm not sure, I'm sure we have listeners who are, who have been depressed and so they understand the thinking. Um, you get so, everything is about me and it shouldn't all be about me and, you know, everything in my life is wrong and yada, yada, yada. And so Harry being in that place when I was in that place, was kind of it was difficult you know to to read and and to have to deal with and i but you know that's the nice thing about Espen's writing is that she is so good about being real with feelings yeah and so um but yeah i would have to say that was a really hard chapter for me to deal with and to read much more so than, than saw when, because I feel that this is as much as relatable as saw when is, this is something that we have all gone through before. We have all disappointed our parents on a level where we thought uh, that it would never be, we would never be able to fix it. Yeah. Okay. You again. Uh-huh. And it would never be okay again. It would never be the way that it is, was before. And um, like, for instance, I still have heartbreaking. It's awful. Right. I like mm-hmm. I still haven't told my parents that I've my diagnosis yet. 
just because I mean, you know, how do you how do you do that? So I don't know. I just think that that was a really a therapeutic chapter for me to read at, at certain points, and then very difficult to get through at the same time. Well, and I then can, I Rachel, see... I would appreciate if you would like edit that so I sound coherent and not stupid. <laughs> well, one, one... <laughs> I don't sound stupid. No, you, I thought that was a really no. great thing to say. She, I, I, I would give you a round of applause here if you could actually hear it. But um, one thing I just wanted to point out too, when we were talking about this the other night. You know, when people hear the phrase, you know, you're depressed, people th- think of it like, you know, as the common generic term, you're sad. And mm-hmm. if only there was something in your life that would make you happy, then everything would be fine. Right. And when you think of, like, I asked you this the other day, you know, you know, like Harry in this chapter, you know, does not get out of bed throughout the day. He doesn't eat. He just, re- he sleeps through the day. And, right. you know, is it something where, you know, yeah. you just don't feel like you have a reason to get out of bed, but, you, but if you had that thing in your life that, you know, you, you could go and do, you would want to climb out of bed. And maybe if you're, if, you know, someone drags you by the feet out of bed, you'll feel better later in the day. But, you know, what is it? And your response to me was, you just don't care. You don't want to get out of bed. You just, they're, they're, like, you could have a million things to do that day. You're just going to sleep through them all. And it's just that feeling of complete blah, like whatever. And yeah. Think of Harry here. Okay, you know, think of, you know, anyone who may be suffering through this who has a normal everyday life with everyday problems. This is Harry Potter. So, you know, Harry doesn't just get beat up after school. He gets poked with 500 needles and his eyes gets plucked out. You know, this, you know, this isn't, you know, the kid whose parents died in a car crash. They got killed by, you know, you know, a, a gang-banging, murdering, rapist, dark lord who wants to kill him. I mean, so this is not... Nothing small happens to this kid. So he doesn't just have a fight with his dad and his brother. He has a seer dream that they're going to never talk to. So like he doesn't just, this isn't normal for Harry. This is this, you know, there has to be the twist to it. And that is his twist. And then what's worse for it is that, you know, you know he can't even talk to anyone because Snape's door is locked. And it's just, it's yeah. compounding after compounding after compounding. So... I give Aspen credit, you know, not for the, I'm not going to say for the way she wrote it or for, you know, what she, you know, for, for the, for the people she, you know, touched with it. And for, I want to thank her for writing it because, you know, how many, you know, you read 50,000 stories in this fandom, you know, here's the seventh year story of how Harry will defeat the Dark Lord. And here's another version of how he'll do it where he's dating Hermione. Here's a version of how he'll do it where Dumbledore does. I mean, there's, there's so much, you know, repetitious versions of the same story out there. This is a story that gets down to the fact that, you know, this is a kid who should be in an insa- like a mental institution based on everything that ha- that's happened to him. So I'm glad that he is responding like a regular human being and not as Harry Potter superhero, you know, shoot him in the mm-hmm. foot and he'll like, like Jack Bauer, he'll keep running around the rest of the day because he doesn't feel pain. Like, I just, I am very glad that is the direction she took the story in because it's definitely made it a very personal read, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to say, have true. Yeah. Dealing with mental illness and reading this chapter, this, reading these, this story at the same time was an interesting. It's like going experience. to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like that. Or, you know, it just kind of, it, and it's, it's exactly right. It's that apathy that I don't want to get out of bed in the morning and I don't want to, don't want to talk to my friends and I don't want to go out and I don't want to, you know, get on the forums and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do the things that I like to do. And, um, but if you do them, you Harry's feel better. Like, yeah. If I do them, I do feel better. Well, I have to this say, it's- why I'm podcasting tonight and you know, why I'm on the forums every day and 
that kind of thing. So, well, I have to say, Chi, I feel as though you know, for everything you're going through right now, my being your friend is a big asset for you because I'm calling you at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Chi, I'd like to. T- Chi, I'm on my way to work. I had some thoughts about the podcast. Can you go over <laughs> them right now? Yeah, let me get up and make some coffee. <laughs> like, I have to feel like I'm very healing for you. I could probably save you a lot on prescription medication. <laughs> You guys have no idea. He really does text you at really odd hours of the day. (laughs) It it helps me get through some of mine. It really is the truth. Like, he will call you at... Are you editing right now? I'm reading fan fiction. Well, okay. You're editing. I'm reading fan fiction. Well, I'm usually like, gee, I need the episode in three hours. Have you started? (laughs) (laughs) You know, he'll say stuff like... I, I, you know, you really need to cut out such and such a part, and then he'll call me two hours later. You know, I was thinking about that, and we should just keep that in. <laughs> well, here, here's the difference, and someone make the creative difference. Well, here's the thing, and this is so please. Oh, and this is the thing, and like Kim, I feel bad if you want to just like join. Like I feel, I feel like we're like forcing you into a room without air and telling you you can't speak. Oh, I have air. I'm fine. All right. Like, <laughs> One of the things that, um, May, like Rob was on uh, the podcast last night, one thing that Rob said was, I find it interesting that you choose your hosts, you pick them for their personalities. And one of the things I'm, like, I realize when I do this is, like, everyone who works on this podcast, like, who's pretty much in this room right now, is good friends. So it's like getting together with your friends once a week and talking about Harry Potter. It's not like work. So, like, know. like it's like I call Chi every day just to see how she's doing. And I'm like, well, I have you on the phone. Can you leave in an episode? <laughs> like, so it's kind of like, uh, so it's kind of. That's kind of what it boils down to, really, is we're all friends. And we all, I don't think there's a day go by where I don't talk to Jen or Ryan, unless Jen is dying. I don't Ryan. die that often. <laughs> well, the thing when yeah. you die, Jen, is like, we get the word that this is very bad and this is it. And the next day, hey, everybody. Like, I have I an know. idea for what we can do for next. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Because I get in those funks and I need the escape, and that's what. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what PFW is good for. That's why I love you guys. Yeah, I mean, this podcast. Yeah, this this podcast will. The minute this podcast stops being fun, we we won't have this podcast anymore. I mean, that's the that's the rule. So. Well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. No kidding. Well, with Meg and Jen, how could this not be fun? If one of you falls, and everyone just takes over. Oh. You know, y'all say that, but I think I think that you and Chi are hilarious. Well, no, we no, we have two different sides. Chi and I are Bob Newhart. We're the we're the (laughs) serious, snarky ones, and you and you and um. You and Meg are kind of like the stunt. You doubles. forgot your name there for a minute. No, I didn't. <laughs> I know. Nice. Okay, I should totally call you out on it. Too. I completely <laughs> called someone by the wrong name on the forum last night, and they corrected me it on it. I'm like Cody. It was Cody. You called PS Cody. I call Meg Jen and Jen Meg, and I I can't help it. Like I call every. I thought PM her and was like, hey, it's okay. He calls me Jen all the time. <laughs> Have you noticed Jen- lately? He's been saying Jennifer. I think he's trying to get my name right. That's what he's just working at it. I thought he only said Jennifer if he was upset with you. Yeah, like it's happening more and more. And he says Jennifer, and then you guys go hugs. All right. It's really sad. It's really sad because his name is Ryan. It's just short Ryan, and mine Jennifer. It just goes on. It sounds so much more. So now you're just gonna be my middle name is Paul. If you want to yell at me, you can call me. I was just about to ask you what your middle name was. (laughs) Ryan Paul. Ryan Paul. I like it. See, see, you see how I sound like a mom? I can just put it on like that. Ryan Paul. Yeah, I was always Jennifer Lee. (laughs) Sorry, mom. 
great. Danielle and I are picking out baby names like because we're really bored and we're planning ahead, and we're actually you guys are so we're cute. We're trying to pick out names that are yellable. We're trying to pick out names that are yellable. Yellable. Oh, I practiced that. I really did. When I was trying to pick out the boys' names, I would match them with middle names and see if they sounded good when I was disciplining them. I would be like, "No, Andrew." I have a uh, I have a twin sister, and um, interesting story here. I was born in the late '80s. My parents didn't have a lot of money, so my mom didn't have a sonogram. You see where this is going? And um, they just thought that she oh, was yeah. going to have one really big baby. Oh my! So goodness. they <laughs> rushed her to the hospital. And, um, she didn't couldn't know hear... she was carrying twins. No, she had no idea. <sighs> they couldn't hear two heartbeats. They like, I guess my mom <gasps> says now that she had a sonogram, but like one of us was hiding behind the other one or something. I don't know. And, um, anyway, she gets to the hospital and, um, they have, they did the C-section and they pull my sister Amanda out and they go, Oh my God, there's another one in there. And, um, so like, I'm not really sure like when my date, like when I was actually born, cause they didn't, they were like rushing around trying to find like another crib, like how they clean everybody off. They were trying to find like two, two supplies of everything and stuff like that. And that doctor, side note, um, actually got sued because he missed four sets of multiples in three years for malpractice. Oh my but gosh. yeah, he, uh, mom didn't like him very much, <laughs> but, um, Cute. point being that there's two funny sides of Texas. Um, they tried to charge my dad for two C-sections. And <laughs> and see how I said my dad is a miser? Whenever he tells his story, that's what he brings up. And oh uh, <laughs> Do they do that with twins? Do they charge no. you twice? No. No. Oh, why no. no. Jen, they only go in once. I mean, I mean that true. would be wrong. I have no, no idea. <laughs> That's like the two guys. I have two guys in my office. We get paid in my office for mileage. Like if you drive fifty miles, you get paid for your you get paid hey, for nice. mile. But two people yeah. drove together and they both tried to put in for the mileage for the one car. No, like it's, no. it's a similar thing. You can't do that. No. Oh, Jen, we're, we're, you next get week- cut once. You should get charged for one cut. All right, Jen. That's how Jen, season. next week we'll talk about your health insurance nightmare that you had. Why are we talking about? Oh, uh, cheese sister, go. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um. Anyway, point being. Um, with names, my parents had to pick a different set of names because they had my sister got the name that they <clears throat> had disregarded. Anyway, that was my funny story for the. Aww. <laughs> Jen's funny story is she came within forty dollars of not having to pay for her medical bills. No four. Not well, 40. no, but but the I meant the. Yeah. I mean, before you take it down to ten percent, so it's forty dollars and then ten percent. Oh, we'll tell that one. We'll tell that one next week. Let's get back to the podcast. We're talking about the fight, so let's go on to chapter fifty-four, which is the aftermath of the fight. Yeah, I mean, oh, and Harry locks himself in his room, and he doesn't. Okay, we did eat. talk about that a little bit. We well, did no. talk about that. Yeah, I mean, the point where I think and... you realize, well, the point you realize it's going to be okay is the point when Harry comes out for breakfast the next morning, and Snape is. You know, Acting firm, normal. But normal. Like, everything has blown over and everything has passed. I mean, that's human. I mean, I have spats with people, and, you know, for a day we won't talk, and the next day everything's back to normal. You kind of work yourself you know, through it. Well, I think you're like that with your families, too. I know ours is like that. Yeah. I mean, well, not me. I'm a fixer. I'm always like, let's talk about their inner feelings, and they're, like, throwing toast at me. But, I mean, that's... I mean, that, <laughs> oh, I thought not that, in my family. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought that was a natural, you know, way of, uh, way of handling it. And I love the fact when 
there, there's many moments during these chapters, and you know, early in the story, you had the moments where Snape would, you know, every time Harry would say a particular thing, you know, he would just shake his head and say, "I can't believe I ever thought you were egotistical," because Harry thought so lowly of himself. And you know, there, there's the thing back and forth between Snape and between Harry, both essentially abused children, in that they're always afraid the other one isn't eating. And Snape instantly is afraid that Harry is not eating. And he shakes his head, you know, throughout these chapters. And, and I'm actually a little bit ahead throughout some of the next ones. You know, the, the, just over the Dursleys. Just over the way that they, you know, just treated Harry and disciplined Harry. And he is very, you know, concerned. He's disgusted with it. Yeah. But he's not angry at Harry. I think he, and it's in this chapter that he really gets how much it affected Harry. He doesn't know about the dream yet, but he knows that this truly affected... Oh, you think? I don't think he knows about the dream yet. I honestly don't believe he knows about the dream until he knows about the dream. No, no, no. I meant he knew, like, about, like, how... It, how severe Harry's abuse has been. Where Oh, I think he, he gets well, that. Yeah, I think he gets that. I think he honestly gets that. I think he honestly gets the fact that Harry, you know, has not, you know, been raised well. He get he he I think there is no part of Snape that doesn't realize how bad it was. So I think that to a level helps. I think that kind of helps to reaffirm the family dynamic and you know, you start to get explanations, you know, for things that happened, you know, over the course of these chapters and so forth. And, you know, one thing to even step back with is, you know, when, when, you know, the, the whole thing starts because Harry takes a swipe at Draco and Snape defends Draco. And I believe rightfully so. And I love Draco's reaction to that before the fight is over, which is essentially that, you know, Harry is a coward, you know, he is a whiny coward. And, you know, if oh, I'm afraid of being burned in the fire, I'm afraid of trying spells. What if they don't work, get off your ass and do it. And, you know, that is, you know, the, the, the way Draco, you know, defends himself over it. And, you know, Draco is the, the aggrieved party here. Harry, you know, took a swipe at him and said essentially that his father figure doesn't love him. And you know, that's the way he fights back with it. So when things kind of calm down, I think they both reach kind of an understanding where Harry, you know, understands, you know, that he went over the line and Draco understands that Harry is not a coward. In fact, he's already said that Harry is the embodiment of strength. So, and and that's another thing I mentioned it earlier tonight, you know, there's so many layers to the characters. Are they cunning or are they Slytherins or, you know, how many different layers do these guys have? Harry is both a very brave person and a very cowardly person. And he's a 16 year old. Yeah. It's really... <sighs> wow. <laughs> this is one of those silences you need like... to edit out, please, uh-huh. Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we try to come up with an intelligent uh, response. Hey, I know. Uh... I, have, I can't <laughs> respond. Go I'm me. Like... Rachel, leave it all in. I wipe the floor with it. <laughs> We're all like, uh... uh good ends? point. Okay, moving on. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Damn no. it, Ryan's right again. Let's go. But no, you know what? Let's even jump. Let's let's break the chronology a little bit. Let's follow it through. So you have, um, you know, okay. So we we now have, you know, a more understanding between these characters, and you and you have them. They talk about it. They talk about the fact that you know, Snape went over the line with Ron and that isn't the best way to reach Ron and you can't cookie cutter, you know, your students and young people and expect them, you know, and, and Harry says what I believe is true. You can put Ron there for a thousand lines of, of the script and it doesn't matter because 
Ron will not get it unless Ron wants to get it. So you need to get through the Ron and other levels. And Snape seems to accept that. And, you know, th- there's a coming together, but there still isn't complete truth because Harry has resigned himself to the fact that Snape is going to unadopt him. And I love the fact that, you know, look at Harry. He used to refer to himself as Snape's adoptee. Like, I know. Now, like now he's unadopted. I love how we're just coining words here, but. Um, you know, I didn't know that unadopt was not a word until I read this. I'm sure it is, but how often do you think it gets used? <laughs> I know. I'm not. That would just be wrong. You should go to jail for unadopting a kid. Yeah, you I, can't that, Honestly, does that even happen? Deal. That's awful. I'm sure it does. I'm sure Do you it really does. Well, think sure it like, does. No, I'm, I saw yeah. that is disgusting. You know what? I've well, well, not necessarily. Well, I, mean, I mean, there's okay. a story in the local newspaper about a woman who adopted many children, and one of them is such an awful child, and she's tried so hard with this kid. And he steals cars, and he, you know, comes home drugged out, and they have like drug dealers calling the house, screaming for their money. And this is like a middle-aged woman who was just trying to do a good thing here, and she adopted an eight-year-old. And you know, what do you do? Um, so sometimes yeah. it, it may not be. It may not be. That's true. Yeah, and parents. sometimes, like, I mean, that's that best case scenario, from, though. Yeah. And some kids, like, that they, that you adopt from, like, you know, there's countries that you just don't want to adopt from, like, Russia and stuff like that, because they all have attachment disorders. And those kids are really hard, too. If you, if you happen to adopt a child with an attachment disorder, there's just, you can't fix that. You can't love that away. Don't you and think so, that's what Harry has? Um, I think that Harry has a mild attachment disorder. If you have an extreme attachment disorder, you can end up with an antisocial personality. And Harry doesn't have that. Harry just has issues. But like, okay, all right, here's here's like here's a story about it. This is kind of creepy, but whatever. This is a story about a child who has an attention. A child who has a attachment disorder will like. There's a. Have, did you hear about the little boy in Florida who pushed his best friend and um, pushed his, the two year old into the pool and watched him die? And they figured out that he had done it when he asked a next door neighbor, "What's that blue stuff that comes out of your nose when you drown?" Like that's somebody. <laughs> he was like eight years old, so oh he has an attachment disorder. Like that's those. The, I mean, those kids are just scary. I mean, like, in that case, you can just adopt. That makes me sick to my stomach. Can't I don't even. Oh, oh, I know. You okay, guys, then there's a book that you don't want to read. It's called High Risk. This is like the most <laughs> roller coaster podcast. I think I just have to Michael when this is over and just sleep for. 12 uh, hours. That was really, really disturbing, depression? though. You see why I have depression? This is what I have to learn about every damn day. Oh my <laughs> god, anyway. I would. I just could not handle that. I hate stories like that. My mother always is calling me to tell me like the most horrible story she just heard or read on the internet, <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, <laughs> please spare me. That's it. Yeah, this just know. gives me nightmares. Really, I hate Jen that. watches Lifetime television for women like this <laughs> oh my gosh Jen, blue stuff comes out of your up. nose okay can we need Jen, to Jen's no. have nightmares okay we need to oh, no 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 I have another I have another one I could throw out here but we're gonna this is, this can't be the morbid podcast we, 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 we have Suki from Gilmore Girls listening myself. to this alright we need to move on but, can we talk about the dream now yes <laughs> so here's the thing I don't know what the dream means yet I'm assuming all of you do so I'm gonna be the one to talk about the dream I'm gonna give my predictions and then we're gonna see how schmad I am next week my, okay my let's pre- see if that right. paid off wait what chapter is the dream in it's, is that in, it's somewhere in the 50s I don't know so, the, so we have the dream and okay so oh it's in 58 it's somewhere in okay. There. okay so no it's not that high but we have the dream you wrote the dream in 58 i wonder if your prediction about what happens is the same as mine i bet it is okay um 
yeah, Rachel, if you can edit out the part about people don't And the blue stuff. No, leave the blue stuff yeah. in. Rachel, <laughs> I order you. I can't <laughs> listen to it. All right. And I, I, all right. Oh, okay. it's, oh, it's so terrible. All right, my, oh. all right. My prediction on the dream. So just to recap what I remember of it, because I haven't read it in a few days, but we have Harry in the key. We have the room completely cleared out. We have Snape and the social worker signing papers. Now, I am not going to lie to you. My prediction has been colored by something that happens in a future chapter. So what I am going... So I'm not going to really go there. So what I will say is I believe that the social worker is there based on their concerns that Snape is an unfit parent. And I do... My gut... And for some reason, I think this is like 70% right. I... It's, it, to me, it's the most logical thing, but something just doesn't seem right about it. I have a feeling on some level, something will disrupt the legal adoption between Harry and Snape, but they will still consider themselves father and son. That's my gut right now. I don't know where Harry's going. I'm assuming he's going back to Gryffindor Tower. I'm assuming it is his Gringotts key, and Snape is giving it to him, but not for the reason of you're on your own, kid. I think he's giving it to him for another symbolic reason, which I don't know yet, and I... I, I don't know. There's something in there that just... Something about this is I'm saying this screams not true, but that's where I'm going right now. It's not what Harry fears at this point. It is not what Harry fears at this point, but there's something... So you don't think he's going to be unadopted? I think that if he is unadopted legally, it is something that neither Harry nor Snape want, and they may do it you know, legally, but symbolically they will be father and son. I do not believe that Harry, that Snape would ostracize Harry in any way. Legally, well, I'm not sure. Our, well, say she's gotten you, though. Our predictions she, aren't the same, then. Okay. Well, she has gotten you to believe, and that's what I like so much about her writing. You totally believe now that Snape would never do anything to ostracize the relationship. Is that good or bad? Don't tell me. No, I mean, it, it's not anything to do with what happens or what doesn't happen. I just think it's fabulous writing on her half that she took these two characters, and at this point, you are so sure that an unadoption will never happen. Well, there's you know? two, well, there's two, thing, there's two levels to it. <laughs> I just, no, I think it's, and I'm not saying it, it will or won't or anything. I'm just saying that's just a really interesting change of tune once we get into the, you know, we get into the, this far. Yeah. Well, no, it's I not even a change of tune. I mean, you can sit me down in front of a story where Harry <laughs> and Hermione are having sex in every chapter, and I'll believe throughout the, throughout it that Harry likes Hermione. Well, I think it's well done, you know, not necessarily. So it is two different things. In this case, though, I, number one, believe that Snape would never, you know, do anything to ostracize Harry, but number two, I'd like it. Because, and I want to get to this earlier, but I'll get to it now. I even sent... um I sent Jen a message, I sent her a text message, I think you were in San Francisco at the time, saying, I really like Snape now. Yeah. And it was during these chapters, it was actually during the um, the Coco chapter, I really liked the character of Snape because he was a very flawed character. He was someone who was suffering greatly as a result of the Dark Mark, which I nailed, by the way, I nailed the Dark Mark. Um, it was, you know... He literally has to cut it from his arm, and he's going through enormous suffering, but he still seems completely in control. And what it reminded me of instantly was when I was younger, um, I was best friends with the kid on the next block, and there was another kid a few blocks over, and the three of us were kind of like the three musketeers. And I remember that every day after school, my mother would – we were like six or seven. My mother would babysit all of us, and 
and he would come over every single day for years and years. And when I didn't know at the time was his mother was going through chemo in the afternoons and I had no idea she was sick and she, mm-hmm. she had a wig and I don't even think he knew she was sick. And, you know, she was sick and she eventually passed away years later. But one thing I was thinking about during these chapters was the fact that nobody thinks Snape is having, you know, problems here. And you, I like the way that Aspen writes it, the fact that, you know, Snape at times will just ramble. And his concentration is off and he's exhausted and he's suffering and he's distracted. And that rings perfectly true. And when Snape gets into that mode, it's kind of like the point where you are, you know, 17, 18 years old and you realize that your parents are having, you know, money problems. So you realize that your parents can't stop things from happening to you. It's the point where you realize that a parent is fallible. And all throughout the story, you have no doubt up to this point that if anything happens, Snape will fix it. Snape is exhausted. Draco had to drug him to get him to go to sleep. And that's why he wasn't available for Harry. And he is, you know, beside himself that he wasn't there for Harry when Harry truly needed him. And I love, you know, as the story progresses, you get to the point, and I know we're flying through some of this tonight, but I think it's, it's, it's all very great, very powerful stuff. You have, you know, Harry and, you know, being invited to Dumbledore's office because Dumbledore caught Hermione in, in, in the library trying to get the books on Seer Dreams. And Dumbledore is probing Harry, trying to find out, you know, what is up with, you know, the seer dream, and he wants that information from Harry, and Harry isn't going to give. He needs Harry to share, you know, this information. But what really struck me about that scene was the fact that Draco never overheard Harry saying he was leaving, and Snape comes flying into the office. I love that scene! Like, ass first into the office, you know, screaming that Harry's missing, and what was the line? He, like, looks over, sees Harry, he's like, he's here! so sweet and it's that moment and like i'm not a parent here but i'm sure meg knows this is the moment when you run over and you hug your kid and then you like you scream at them for 20 minutes and you run over and hug your kid again and then you scream at them for 20 minutes it's like you know you're Ugh. missing i'm so happy to see you you moron why didn't you tell anyone i'm so happy to see you. i and love it that was such a parent moment you never get to see snape have a parent moment you never get to see him go ass first through the flu i mean it's like he, he's <laughs> yeah, like i thought that's that, pretty good yeah i thought that was you know just that's that is when I start to like Snape. Snape, not comic relief. Snape, or not Ward Cleaver. Let me hold you as we, <laughs> you know, go into the depths of your mind and show you your inner fire. You know, like at that point, I'm like reading this, like what the hell is going on? Oh, <laughs> no, like, I like those. Scenes. I know, and maybe like too soon for me. Too soon. Too soon. But maybe now. But then too soon. But. You know, like that was <laughs> maybe now. I yeah, love it. yeah, maybe now I can handle that. But you know, and, and like it's the it's the moments in the in in these scenes that that make it very powerful. For me is the moment where you know they go back through the flu, and where are we going? Harry Potter's home. The dungeon is now Harry's home, and I can accept that. I couldn't accept that thirty chapters ago. I can accept that now. So maybe there's a reason this fic is ninety six chapters long. But I I can I can understand that now and. The point, and here's the thing too. You know, Snape. We, we don't get any of this. From, I feel like I'm. Feel free to knock me out if you people want to talk. I'm sorry, but you know, Snape is not the the narrator of the story. We don't get the story from Snape's perspective. We get it from Harry's perspective. So we don't know Snape's inner suffering, and we don't know his guilt, and we don't know what he thinks about things. And Harry's so freaking unobservant that we don't even pick it up from him. So we're left to wonder how is Snape dealing with all of this, and. Snape probably has enormous guilt for holding Harry down at Sawain, and, you know, he probably has pre- the pressures of being a new parent. He probably doesn't know what to do all the time, although he seems like he does, and he's probably suffering greatly because of his his dark mark. And it's the point where 
Harry is remembering the um, conditions of how they would, you know, ever be unadopted. It would be mutual repudiation. It would be mutual, you know, just anger at each other and unsatisfaction with each other and a desire to be separated. And that's what Harry's thinking when Snape legitimizes him. And Snape thinks that Harry wants out. And it's just such... I thought that was kind of... What did you think about Snape, like, legitimizing him right then? Like, I don't know, because to me that seemed like he didn't exactly have Harry's permission there. But... It was important, I know. Plot reason a little bit. I found, yeah, it's like the one moment. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's like the parent who respects their kid's privacy and the the one moment they barge, in, barge into the kid's room yeah. is when they catch the kid doing something that looks bad but really is Well, isn't. no. Yeah. I remember, like, my mom used to clean my room and she would find something like a note or, oh, no, no, what was really worse is when I was a kid, like, I hated taking my medicine. And I had a bottom drawer in my drawers, and um, I would put my pill that she would give me in the drawer, and I wouldn't take my medicine. And months would go by. (laughs) And I remember one time she came in, and she was cleaning my room, and she found that bottom drawer full of years' worth of medicine. And... um, Jen, I know, I know. It sounds really bad. It sounds awful, but I was like eight or ten. It was just really stupid. And... um, you know, I would take enough medicine to get well, and then I just wouldn't take it anymore. <laughs> and um, I know, don't do that, kids out there. It's not a good thing. If your kids but out I there, stop listening to this podcast. We're explicit. Podcast. But I remember it was she had promised she wouldn't go through my drawers. So she had found something about me that she didn't like, and yet she had breached that privacy. But it was important that she did because sometimes a parent needs to step in and, and go, what's going on with my kid? I need to know and take care of this. Yeah, you know, and I, I see this legitimizing scene as very similar. Well, in, yeah. In, yeah and, and, and I'm sure if Tina were with us, she would agree. There's a lot of moments like that when you're being a teenager slash raising a teenager, I'm sure. I've just recently started to come out of the being a teenager side. So, you know, <laughs> like it seemed like there were a lot of moments like that. And so have we all. Tell you. Well, yeah, it's yeah. when you reach the moment where your kids are going to be locked in their room till they're thirty and not allowed to date boys, and you realize that you've hit a whole. <laughs> You're new old. Life. That's what's going to happen <laughs> yeah. to my kids. Meg, have you hit the level in your life where your kid asks you why, and you say, "Because I said so," and I'm your mother? Not yet, but right. it's getting there. Oh, <laughs> when you get there, you're such a mom. Well, you know, it's funny because sometimes I, I feel like that. Like where I'm so close to being like, "Because I said so." Stop! Stop asking me. I don't know. That's the thing about toddlers. <laughs> They'll ask you why, and they don't really want to know why. They just want to, like, they just want to hear you talk. That's really funny. I, you know, I always tell, me and my husband joke around, um, obviously not in front of our kids, but we joke around that my two-year-old Noah is a terrorist. <laughs> because, <laughs> I know it's horrible, but because they they know that they can do all these things to get what they want. And they they will do whatever it takes. There's no limit for them. You know, they will scream and cry and throw a tantrum and do whatever they need to do in, in front of people to get what they want. And so I just they're like terrorists, you know, well, they know we have a limit and they don't. <laughs> well, hopefully Noah snaps out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, he's good. I shouldn't say all these horrible things. Well, I mean, Jen and Chi got to talk to him a little bit the other day, and he's... He, he was, was so he's cute. Oh. 
He's a good boy. He's Can I just sweet, point out, but... in, in Harry's only thing here is he wants someone to love him who won't adopt him, and he doesn't want people to poke him with needles anymore. I mean, Harry yeah. doesn't ask for a lot in <laughs> And you know what? That's a good point, because kids don't need much. Yeah. You know, they, they're not asking for much. All they want is you. They want you to love them and hold them and take care of them, and that's it. I mean, it's not that difficult. No, it's very and sad. it's it is. It's simple. That's all they want. You're like the first mom that admits that it's not, you know, most moms are just like, oh. Well, don't get me but wrong. It's, it's relieving. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't ruin it. It's relieving to hear that image. It's not always, uh, you know. The day-to-day feels hard. But as far as from the kids' standpoint, they're not trying to make your life hard. They just want what they need. And what they right. need is not much. So, yeah. I mean, maybe at this age, when they get to be teenagers, maybe it changes a just little bit. Just as a side note, guys, um, Danielle just sent me a picture online of her friend holding his newborn baby. And I typed to her, I want one. And she wrote back, you're waiting a while. <laughs> Good girl. Good girl. She's so funny. Oh, God. All right. I promise not to let her do intros anymore if she, you know, keeps insulting itchy. All right. But, um, oh, we're actually yeah. almost through this. But let's so, talk, I know, let's talk, like, cause we're bouncing, we've, I swear to God, this podcast is 85% about us and 15% about the thick. Aspen, I we know. love you, seriously. Aspen, I'm so sorry. Well, we're really not sorry. It's just we been a really, us. uh, we've had a bad day. Aspen. If we were, if we were sorry, we wouldn't do it again. And well, yeah, yeah, next, <laughs> this is going to be so much better than next week, Aspen. Come on. But, um, <laughs> yeah, even, but, but let's, let's get to my favorite chapter here. My favorite chapter is when Harry is talking to Snape in the study. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the, they've, they've been going back and, and we're not going chronologically through this, but they've had, you know, the, the, the really bad fight and then they've kind of come back together and Harry hasn't told Snape what's on his mind completely, but he's kind of, you know, hinted around to the fact that, you know, his life is in turmoil. He wants to get rid of Sirius's house. He wants to be unattached from that. But on the other hand, he wants you know, someone to take care of him and to take away his bank fault and make decisions for him. But then he doesn't like what those decisions are. And he wants to, you know, make those decisions himself. And he, he goes back and forth between, between being a five-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 36-year-old, like all throughout the fic. He's in this state of flux. And it comes to a head when Snape legitimizes him and gets the wrong idea. So they have to talk this out. And Harry tells Snape about the dream. And Snape finds ways around that. He says, well, maybe... I'm going to have to, you know, change your name without telling you, and you'll be Harry Snape, which I hope doesn't happen, because it's a terrible name. And, um, you know, they continuously go, I mean, yeah, because we think of Snape as his first name, so you can't do that. It just sounds weird, but... Severus. That's the Harry's Snape's name. Snape's smut. Just think of him as Severus. (laughs) You know, you know that you are a Snape smut fan when you start calling Snape Severus. Jen? You're imagining yourself as Severus and I have a relationship. I don't deny it. Kim, what do you call him? Severus or Subsev or Uncle Severus? It depends on what fic I'm talking about. In this fic? In this one, Snape. Okay. Yeah, I agree. He is a Snape in this fic. What would cross him over into Severus? Some smut. <laughs> in, Hermione Snape. in the fix where he's a an equal to yeah. the others. One yeah. of them, he would be so at least one of them. Yeah. Like yeah. I know that the, I've read some uh, Yeah, well I know I've read some slash fics and uh 
Ugh. He's always Severus in those two. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so terrible. Okay, I have a message from Aspen to impart, if I may. Oh, go oh, for that's it. Right. Okay, last week you apparently had a disagreement. Yes. And yes. Aspen says, tell them Jen was right. Snape did not intend for Harry <laughs> to find the Robin mask. He intended for Draco to find it. He didn't think that Draco would be brazen enough to open presents early in front of Harry. And then later, when Snape gave Harry truthful dreams, his number one reason for getting the potion out was that after wild magic, Snape thought Harry would need help dealing with the nightmares that might result. But he knew as a side topic that Harry would surely find out about the truth when the potion helped him deal with his dream. So the potion was going to work to accomplish both goals. Snape would not have deliberately tried to torment Harry with memories of Samhain. It's an example of his plots within plots being too complex and not working as he intended. The chess master did not see all the possible moves that could result. Jen, Does congratulations, that... you got one. One? Well, I've seen her get another one now and then. It wasn't intent. It really was. Like, I didn't know. Yeah, Maybe I think yeah. I was actually listening to the uh, recording of our conversation last week. I think there was one point where I kind of didn't really buy into my own argument. I think that he intended. <laughs> no, really. Let's <laughs> backtrack. No, I was listening. I was listening to it, and there was even one point where no, there was one point where we were trying to explain it. Pants and say I was wrong. No, for the first part, I was wrong. You know what? But there was one point. You know, the point where we weren't buying into it was what was the point? It was the point where we were saying that. Um, why would his carelessness didn't make sense? Yeah, the carelessness didn't make sense. Well, oh, yeah. I can't, no, I can't even remember. There's a, if you listen to it, there's even the point where Jen, where um, where Meg and I are trying to explain something, and we can't do a very good job of it. So, so the point is that he wanted Draco to see it, but he didn't want Draco to see it in front of Harry. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. is, is that well, what, is that the point? Is that? Well, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to say I want to say something about this because first of all, I'll say I was wrong, and admit that freely. Um, but with all due respect, or honestly, I don't no, no, know. I but I, I just want to say you know I was wrong about that, and uh, I was I mean I was dead sure I was right too. So there's that. I think the important thing is I think that Snape wanted the information to be found, and it wasn't like you know Draco went through Snape's attic and tripped over it. I think Snape wanted it to be seen. Whether or not he wanted it to be seen by Harry or wanted it to be seen by Draco. Like, I'll admit, like, you know, if I had said, if I, because I'm blank on the conversation, if I had said that he wanted, you know, Harry to see it, you know, I know I did say that. I was wrong on that. There's no disagreement, though, that Snape wanted the information, you know, in that box yes. to be seen. Okay. And that's what I was going to say, because I think that with, if if she had said to us, no, Snape didn't want anyone to find it. It was an accident. He didn't mean for anyone to find that. I would say that was a writing flaw. Because Snape, that would not yeah. be in his character in this fic. But when she put it in the way that he didn't... Like, it's, she said that the chess master didn't see all the possible moves that could result. Okay, I can believe that. That, to me, is characteristic of Snape in this fic. Because he's learning along the way. So I will say that I was wrong. But I am glad that he did mean for someone to find it, and it sort of backfired. So, and that works for me too. Yeah, it makes Snape so. more human. Yeah, yeah. Well, and with all due respect to Aspen on that, absolutely, I'm I'm glad that it's that way and not that it wasn't meant to be found at all. Yeah. Yes. I will agree with yeah. that. And the other thing too is that 
I love, and one of the reasons I sent Jen the message saying I love Snape now is even though, you know, this isn't obviously the, the same from Canon or will he ever be, he's a really fun character and he's, he's a very dynamic character. And what I love in these chapters is the part where Snape pulls Harry aside and they talk about the dream and Snape tries to rationalize the dream. But Harry says, you know, I dreamt about the lotion potion too and I know that's true. So that fits with the characteristics of a seer dream. And Snape tries to find a way around that. And I love the back and forth and the interplay these characters have with each other. Harry says, well, look, you're telling me you could never imagine a conceivable circumstance where you would unadopt me. Could you imagine a conceivable circumstance where you would hold me down on a rock and let my eyes be bugged out? Probably not. So there is, you know, the possibility that something may happen down the road. And I was waiting for the line, I'm Harry Potter. Something always happens down the road. And... You know, how do you deal with that, you know, as you're writing it? And I love the way that Aspen deals with it. She essentially has Harry and Draco be brought into a room, sat down in front of each other, Snape standing over them saying, we are a family. We are a dysfunctional family, but we are a family. And, you know, Snape is so out of it. He's like, like, Harry, say one thing about Draco that's nice. Draco, say one thing about Harry that's positive. And it's kind of like they're in this little therapy session with, I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was my favorite. I, I, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in any of these chapters. And I love, you know, what, what did they come up with? Well, he called me a ferret. You were a ferret at the time. I yeah. love that line. That is, I'm yeah. so glad you said that because I was going to bring it up. That's a great line. Yeah. He, <laughs> he scrapes me, um... his toast and it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, because That's it probably really does piss him off and I just <laughs> okay okay there are two things that I that that's just reminded me one s-h-i-t-e shite. how is that pronounced is it shite. do they shite. honestly say shite no it there? is because I listen to talk radio sometimes and that's the only way they can swear on air it's shite yeah. oh is that it shite. I did, yeah. I thought maybe the British said shite and I was going <laughs> hmm Maybe they, it's more, Maybe they do. It's actually more um, Australian. I don't know. It's, no, it's actually a more um, coastal. It's a, like Ireland, Scotland. That's oh, kind really? of where that originates from, which makes sense because Hogwarts is in Scotland. So, okay. Right. And my second question is, what is a crumpet? And why does it not have crumbs? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Why are you Hold on, hold on. My, my it's like we have two minutes left in the podcast and, and Jen asks where babies come from. Okay, seriously. Oh, I have a British friend God. online right now. Let me ask him. Okay. Wait, you don't know either? Do we? Does anyone know what well, a crumpet is? I it's think a, it's, it's like a, a scone it's and a, a cookie. Kim Aspen. How many people are we going to ask about the crumpet with five minutes left in the podcast? This is important, <laughs> obviously. Okay, what exactly am I asking? What is the crumpet and why does it not have crumbs? Go. Why does it not have crumbs? He's laughing at it like this. Forget Snape. What the hell is a crumpet? Okay, Okay. I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think it's one of those, um, oh, I think it's like a scone. I think it's another. We just said that. You stole that from Meg. I think it's like a scone. I'm sorry. I was too busy thinking of the word. Okay, he says, roughly speaking, it's a small pancake. Served with cream or jam or cinnamon sugar. Guys, just Google it and click on images. Wait, it's an English oh muffin. God. It's I'm like a pan point. It's an yeah. English muffin. I'm going over to Google. We're going to need this in the show notes. <laughs> oh, for the love of God. It's an <laughs> English muffin. We need to have this link it's an in English- the show. 
Why do they? So why don't they just call it an English muffin or because just a English, muffin since it's in England? Muffin. Why English are they muffins? called Chinese they food Chinese food if that's no, not wait, the food wait. they eat in China? There's I don't know. I because southern we have like the real crumbly oh, biscuits. It's a savory snack made from flour and yeast. <laughs> it is eaten mainly in the United States. Hey, this I got time. a picture. Oh <laughs> a picture. Send it to me. No, All seriously right. though, an English okay, muffin this... isn't it sort of between a muffin and a bagel? Like it's got a hard side. It's got a hard it. outside and an inside, like a crumbly it inside. Does look like a, it, it does look like an English muffin, but sort of like a cross between an English muffin and a pancake. <sighs> That's so weird that they eat pancakes with their. It's like it's like the size of an English muffin, but a pancake with a lot of holes in it. With holes in it, like a waffle. No, with holes in it like English muffin, but not like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this we're talking about. I just realized what I was saying. In our next episode of Potterfic Weekly. Are you seriously going to stop right now? Holy God, we praise thy name. That's oh my so God. Funny. I don't know. All right. We have obviously, you know, ah, there's, there's so much happening you. in these chapters that we've obviously been jumping around tremendously tonight. I mean, like. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even know what to how to begin to describe what happened this evening. It's. It, I don't even know. But like, okay, in like five minutes or less, uh, you know, we're gonna sum up what we think about these chapters. To me, this is the turning point of the fic. This is the point of the fic where I stopped tolerating it and started really, really enjoying it because the characters became real to me. All of them. Snape. You know, when he wasn't real to me, it was a huge problem in the plot. In these chapters, Snape became, you know, the guy who, you know, has a fight with his kid and he's wrong and he overreacts and he says things he shouldn't say, especially to a kid who's been abused and he gets over it, but he's personally suffering. So it's hard. So he's in the scene with Draco and Harry where they are more equals to him for the first time in this fic, because he's suffering so much, they're practically equals to him and they're pains in the ass in them. And they're his idiot children. And it's, and that's the point of the fic where, 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 where the parent needs the kid. That's the point where it becomes a family. And I think chapter 57 was the point where that really happened. And, you know, with, with everything with Ron and Harry, you know, there's points, you know, like things I love in this, in these chapters is the points where Harry is laying in bed and looks at Draco and says, Draco, you know, I can have more than one friend, right? Like how, like where the hell would you ever expect to read in a fic, you know, Harry approaching Draco about his insecurities over not being Harry's only friend. I mean, I mean that, and that felt real to me because I so buy into the character of Draco in these chapters. So, you know, the fact that Ron is, you know, a knucklehead and he, you know, cannot see the forest through the trees and cannot see anything is something that to me feels extremely real. So, I really buy into the friendship. So when Harry says to Ron, you're my best friend, you know, that means something. And the fact that Harry is adult enough to go through everything he goes through and still knows that even though his best friend has abandoned him, that they will, the friendship will resume is very canon and is very true to the character. And I will stop here. Um, I, I, I want to say I love these chapters. I love, there's so many little points that we haven't been able to get to. And I hope we can, you know, corral our listeners into sending us some of their favorite moments. We'll probably bribe them, but they will send them in. And yes, we will give them points. And, you know, <laughs> My favorite moment from these chapters, and, and I said this last week, and this is for me to ask, but I said last week that, you know, so many different people get so much from this fic. I mean, she tonight gave the best example of what you can get from this fic. For those of us who read it for the pure enjoyment value, 
what you get from this fic is either if you're someone that just believes in these particular characters, if you believe in the interpretation that Snape is a good guy always, that Draco is a good guy always, that the Gryffindors are boring, that Harry is a true Slytherin, you know, the, the Gryffindor sorting was a screw-up of historic proportions, you're going to love this fic. If you're someone who thinks that Ron and Hermione should be together always, Harry and Ginny should be making babies continuously, that, you know, <laughs> Snape is a, is, is a mean old man and, you know, a Dumbledore killer and Dumbledore is, you know, the per- is the perfect wizard, this isn't going to be your favorite story unless you read it first. And then there's enough in the story that you don't scream, these people are horribly out of character. And if you think that, if you read this fic and you just can't get through it, you obviously have your own impressions of canon, but I would debate those people any day of the week. And the point that really, really, really sold me on these chapters was the point where Harry got the letter from Molly Weasley. Saying, yeah, saying that, you know, we've known Severus for years and we know he is good for you. He can offer you more than we can. We would have been honored to take you in, but we understand that this is something you need to do and we support you and we love you and we'll give you whatever we need and Ron will come around, you know, love Molly. And that was the point that, you know, there are so many different ways that could have gone that went the perfect way. And I love these chapters and I can't wait for the next ones, which I've half read and I have a lot to say about those too. So I'm done. Someone else. I think, you know, I've bogged down the podcast as much as I possibly can tonight, but um, I think the beauty of these chapters and the beauty of fan fiction in general is that, yeah. you know, if whatever you're going through in life, you can find somebody who's writing about it in a real and emotional and, and honest. honest way. Yes. Somebody who is, you know, writing about depression or somebody who's writing about, you know, sexual abuse or somebody who's writing about, you know, people deal with these issues in fan fiction and um, that it can really change your perspective on things, I think. So, yeah, I just, I loved these chapters. Um, I guess maybe love is, is a really strong word because I, I, you know, not that I don't enjoy them. They're just hard for me to read. The best pieces of fictions sometimes are. That's my point. For tonight, I'm done. Well, I'm going to be happy now. <laughs> well, when I think about why does people, you know, why do people read fan fiction? And I know that this has been the age-long discussion that we've had on the forum since day one, and you know, and, and um, and the truth is, is some people read to escape reality, and some people read because sometimes you need things written out for you in a way that you can you can see a different perspective than what you're living in and i think that fan fiction especially harry potter fan fiction because that's what we're doing offers a means of taking a certain situation and yes in some ways um you know expanding on it a lot (laughs) but in some ways it makes it it's very real and you watch the characters go through it and it makes what you're going through it makes it seem possible in, in some ways. And yeah, you know, a story like this is, is it's so angsty and it's so traumatic and, and you just think, man, this kid's never going to get a break. And, and, and then he does, you know, and, and things happen and, and he has people there for him. And, and what I like about this, this fake in particular and Aspen's writing is that one of the constant themes through the story is that although Harry doesn't realize that at times there are, people there for him there are people who care about him and in fact most of the drama in his life are because 
the people who care about them have conflicting personalities with each other, which I think very much defines life. I mean, is that not one of the main dramas of life when two people who you care about have different opinions on a subject, you know, and you're torn and, and in the end, you kind of have to do what's best for you. And sometimes it hurts people and sometimes it hurts you. And so I like these chapters in particular in this story because it may, you can, you watch the characters go through it. And so I, I don't know. I'm just repeating myself, but, but that's why, yeah, <laughs> it makes it easier. And, and I really, and, and she does it with just enough humor and lightness that it, that it seems real. You know, if it was just angst and angst and angst, you would, you would roll your eyes. It would be Dawson's Creek times 20, you know, which I love Dawson's Creek. Don't yeah, think it's like Harry too. gets a brain tumor. I mean, like how much I mean, the- yeah, you get to a point, but she, d- she equals it out with a certain amount of lightheartedness and, and I think it, it, it makes me, this is the why I wanted everybody to read. I mean, not everybody's going to like the Snape adopts Harry. Not everybody's going to like her writing style and feel that she takes her time to go from one plot point to the next and describes in detail everything that happens in between. Like, I really like that about it. But if you can gain anything from her writing, it's that what she does write is real on an emotional level. And I think if you can portray that to your readers, you've accomplished something. Harry Potter is an emotional story that well, it's a hopeful story. It's a story that if you're an 11 year old kid who you know has no friends, has no family, really, if if you have nothing, if you in life have nothing, you never know what can happen the next day. You never know, like obviously, you know, a half giant won't break the door down and take you off to a magical <laughs> school. But the the story of Harry Potter is you never know what's going to happen. So when I look at the fic where Harry has been adopted by Severus Snape and he's brothers with Draco Malfoy. Like, on some level, you know, we can argue for a few weeks, oh, is that really plausible, blah, 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 blah. You know what? I, maybe it's just the mood I'm in tonight or the fact that I haven't had bad cheese in a while. <laughs> like, 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 who am I to say that that's not something that could possibly happen? And for these chapters, I really was – I really bought into it. And I'm really, really looking for I, – I, like, like, Jen and I were talking, you know – Right before we started the fic, what happens if Ryan doesn't like it enough, and what happens if I have to bail out of the podcast early because it's something where, where I'm dragging the podcast down, and I because I hadn't read the story in advance, and I'm at the point now where I want to stop the podcast to go keep reading, so that's probably a good sign. So I feel like Christmas. Oh god! Oh goodness! <laughs> Meg beat that. I don't. I don't think I can. Um, well, I think that you all made very good points. I think especially what I've been thinking is. As when she and Jen and and you two, I guess, right? <laughs> I'm the only other guy here, really, just for me. And you two, yeah. No, um, I just think that Harry Potter, you know, in the fan fiction, like you guys were saying, people deal with real issues, and some people, and probably me to begin with, go to fan fiction as something that is just some fun to enjoy. A lot of people break into fan fiction reading fluff, as it were, you know, because. They just want to read something fun. And then slowly but surely, this other kind of fiction, this well-written, serious fiction that deals with real-life issues comes into your life, and you're not upset about it. You're happy about it. And the reason is because you're reading this fiction that has the safety of the world of Harry Potter, 
but at the same time has real life issues that people deal with from day to day. So you can see the characters you know and love and feel comfortable with dealing with the same things you deal with. And I think, like Ryan was saying, it's hopeful. If they can, you can. And it is really done beautifully in this fic. And as much as I have issues with it here and there, they're pretty trivial in comparison to the the larger scheme of things, I guess you could say. So, I mean, as far as that goes, I I really do enjoy this fic. And like I've said many times, I keep reading it, so I must like it. <laughs> yeah, and look at even where the chapters led off tonight. You have Ron, you know, through his entire journey through these chapters of, you know, he's forced to write out 10,000 lines and then he's forced to eat dinner, you know, with, with, um, with Snape and his family. And it's, you know, Ron, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly opening his eyes. And, and, you know, over the course of these chapters, you know, Meg aside, I think we all want to smack Ron for just not considering, <laughs> you know, being intellectually curious enough to consider that maybe he didn't know everything. But when you get to the end of it, what does he do? He asks Snape for help with his homework and Snape doesn't bite his head off. So maybe that's something. So that's that. Little that's glimmer. certainly progress. Yeah, I mean, that's pro. It, 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 it ends off on a note of, you know, progress. And, you know, he's, he's on better terms with Hermione and, you know, he was on terrible terms with Hermione in the beginning of these chapters. He writes Hermione, you know, the leather saying, well, thank you for the gift of the book, Hermione. Thanks to your gift. You know, I'm more in touch with Snape than ever. And it's, you know, made yeah. being completely snarky saying, you know, you moron, did you stop to consider this before you sent it to me? But, you know, he gets off on better terms with her and, you know, with Ron too. And, everything's a little bit more hopeful than it was before. And it's, I suspect it's going to get much worse. But, before I mean, it gets better. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Well, I'm, Cam, what do you think? The series, the canon series, J.K. Rowling series, was fascinating and introduced us to a life that we can only dream of. But the one thing that bothered me the whole time was that this kid never got what he needed. He grew up without the love of an adult, aside from the Weasleys, who had their own children. He grew up being misunderstood by Snape, by the wizarding world in general. He had so much going against him, and yet he was expected to be their hero and save them all. And that was always hard for me. I couldn't couldn't stop feeling sorry for him, feeling bad for the way he had to grow up. And this set of chapters healed that sort of if that makes sense. It made everything yeah. feel better from where Snape said, I guess I should tell you how I feel. I couldn't love you more if I had sired you myself. Oh, first, that line. What was it? 55, or I forget the first chapter of tonight's grouping. And then he, uh, in the missing chapter, oh, that was marvelous. When he tumbled out of the uh, flu, totally disheveled, and he's never disheveled, and ran over and screamed that Harry's missing and then grabbed Harry when he saw him. All of that and all of the other things that went on in these chapters where this family came together and found their place beside each other, found where they fit and how they fit together and, and fought their way through the difficulties of becoming a family. It was just so special. I really, really enjoyed these chapters. I really think they made all the difference in uh, in Harry's life. I wish they could have been in the canon books so that Harry could have had what he needed because now I think he got it in this book. 
Yeah, it's it's. I I bet if you could ask, you know, J.K. Rowling, you know, what was your biggest regret of the series? Maybe she says, "Oh, I could have done more with Draco, or I could have done more with this." I mean, I'm sure there's things that, in retrospect, she wishes she had done differently. And I and I wish we got a little. I wish we had ten books instead of seven, and maybe we would have gone a little bit more. I just want to point out one moment we didn't cover tonight it was the moment where Draco was trying to find Harry, and he tries to use the locate you know, compass spell, and he thinks it worked, and and, and Snape's like, <laughs> wizards have been trying to do that for 400 years, like, I thought I had it, because he came through the, <laughs> with the exact moment. That was great. But yeah, I just want to yeah. say, and, and the last thing I just want to say tonight is, a few weeks ago, um, at work, I had an argument with a co-worker over something, I think it was over, if we had five assignments, how did we divide those up between three people, because, between two people, because, you know, do you do three or do I do three? Like, it was one of those ridiculous arguments. And the next day was the day that Jen got sick. And I came into work and said, you know what? And she actually listens to the podcast, Jen. And I came in the next day and like, you know what? There's bigger problems in the world. I think we can get past this because this is much more important. So when I look at these chapters now, you know, is this perfect, you know, Snape, you know, in, you know, in accordance with the canon? No. Is this, you know, exactly how things would play out if you look at the whole arc of the story. No, but this is a story of a kid who has nothing and finds something. So I think that at this point in the story, you know, the little trivial nuances that we've been, you know, tripping over all this time, I think I, I can get past because this point in the story, chapter 57, chapter 58, this is when I get the story. So I'm good. Mm. Good podcast, guys. I'm very moved. I am. I'm almost in tears. Oh, well, in that case, we can add the podcast now. Um, next <laughs> week, everybody, we're going up to chapter 66. I already want to start talking about them, so that's all I'm going to say there, because I'm going to spoil stuff if I don't. And I'd like to thank Rachel from the Powerfic Weekly community for editing this episode. If you have enjoyed Yay. anything that you have heard so far, please give her a thank you. She goes by yes. Shiny on the PFW forums. And uh, anyone listening thank to this? Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Go yeah. register on our forums if you would like to nominate our next fic, preferably something that will make Jen cry after shoebox. Naked and... Quidditch match. Oh, God. I think <laughs> yes, we, I think, actually, I think we need Naked Quidditch match after this. It's really. No, no, no. Wait till we get shoebox. I mean, the only my only stipulation on doing Naked Quidditch match is that shoebox is so funny. And I don't, I think we should do like funny, more serious, funny. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, talk yeah. about it. Well, I It'll think after the, well, I think after this fic, we're all going to need therapy. So after that, I know that <laughs> I know this we is can, maybe we do need two funny fics in a row after this. Okay. But yeah, we need some. We definitely need a, a canon after Shoebox. I think we can all just Something get the book, canon? and then we'll be fine. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So as okay. we go tonight, Chi, I just want to thank you very much for everything you brought to this episode. I think you brought this to like a whole new level. And as always, I will be calling you at quarter of seven in the morning. So please keep your cell phone on oh. this time. No more of that vibrating <laughs> crap. I love you, Chi. Oh, you guys. I'm really yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to be a downer tonight. Chi, you, you were a downer. You Stop were. apologizing you for things that you didn't do. <laughs> you were like, great. I well, yeah. I wasn't gonna say anything about it, and then I just decided that was stupid because I'm sure we have listeners who are dealing with the same thing. So, um, but I'm gonna be fine. It's really, it's not like a big deal. It's just you know what I'm dealing with right it now. Is so, a big deal. it is a big deal. You. Yeah, we love well, you. and I, and if I, I already told you call, this, but call. you're very brave, G. 
Oh, guys, I'm really, um, I'm really, but you are Gee, all. Gee, you, you just, we have thousands of listeners, hundreds of thousands of listeners. You're a very brave person, Lady Chi. Well, thank you guys for, you know, you know, Ryan for getting me out of bed in the morning anymore. And, you know, <laughs> Jen for listening to me whine. And, you know, you guys have all been really great. And I don't know if I would have made it through the last couple of months without you. So thanks for everything. And, um, you know, I, I hope, you know, Aspen doesn't mind me, you know, bringing my personal angst to the table with this fic. And I think, you know, um, but thank you all for everything. I can't say enough how much you guys mean to me. Oh. Even, even though, you know, even some of you who I don't know very well yet, like Kim or, and Meg and I are just really starting to get close. So, but you all are, you all mean the world to me and you've helped me a lot over the last couple of months. And, I'll keep you apprised of what's going on in my life, but remember, thanks very much. Remember those kind words when I call you and make you up tomorrow, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm Huggles. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, everybody, we're going to get out of here. Read up to Chapter 66 next time. We hope in our three-hour podcast to have a, a, like 20, 25 minutes of solid thick discussion, as always. And uh, with that, have a great night, everybody. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night, everyone. All right, Bye, and she, she talked to you in seven hours. What are we doing in seven hours? I'm calling you. Chatting you early not. in the morning. You are, I, I will drive to Massachusetts and hang you up by your toes. At least I'll get you out of bed in the morning. Love you, too. Oh, it's true. I love you, too. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Hey, everybody. This is Rinna, and this is installment four of Rinna Recommends. This week's recommendation is on Sink Into Your Eyes, and it's a little bit different. Um, it's, it's again, it's one of the first stories that I ever read. It's one of the first series stories that I ever read. And as I got more into the fandom, I kind of shied away from the, you know, stories where the basic plot line is, you know, Harry says, I love you, Ginny. And Ginny says, I love you, Harry. And then magic soulmate powers activate and they're superheroes or whatever. But this series is actually, it's pretty decent. Um, it, the author is uh, S.S. Henry, and there are a handful of stories. Most of them are completed. I believe there are two in the series that are still, um, as of yet, uncompleted. And I I don't think it's, – it's been a while since they've been updated. But for the most part, the majority of the story is complete. Um, they're an interesting read. Uh talks about the idea of Harry and Ginny being soulmates or bonded through the experience in the Chamber of Secrets, which was a very common um, theme for a while. But one of the things that I find really interesting about the author S.S. Henry is that uh, she is actually a published author in her real life. And I know there was an... Um, discussion forum going on about uh, something similar. So I thought I would uh, give her a shout out for this installment. Links will be available on Potterfic Weekly. So surf on over and check out SS Henry. Happy reading. Hey everybody. And here is the mailbag segment of this edition of Puffwa. And now we have a voicemail from Julia, a proud Gryffindor from the forum. Hey, Puffra, it's Julia, and I heard a nasty rumor that this week's episode was only going to be three and a half hours long, <laughs> so I thought I would just call and see if we can't throw it over the four-hour mark, which I think would be a new record. Anyway, I just wanted to say that you guys rock my socks right off my feet. Um, I'm, you, you guys just make me laugh in more ways than I, can, than I ever thought possible, which is saying something considering the sort of people that I hang around. 
Um, and this is coming from someone who's not even reading a year like none other these days because, I mean, it just doesn't really fit so well into my, my style of fanfic. But I'm listening to the episodes anyway just because you guys are so awesome. And I found that I actually am following the story pretty well. I, I know that there's something involving idiot children, which seems to have taken off and spawned its own uh, insanity on the forum. So if you've not been over there, definitely go and check them out because it's it's worth the read. And, um, yeah... Okay, I'm running out of things to say now, so I'm going to hang up and hope that you guys will love me, uh, despite the fact that I'm not actually reading the fic that you're covering right now. I'm actually waiting for Shoebox, which I just finished reading, and which I found amazingly awesome, and I can't wait to hear your guys' opinions on it. So, with that, I shall hang up and see you around the forums. Bye! Thanks, Julia! You rock our socks, too! And 20 points to Gryffindor! Hello again, Pouffois. It's Julia, and this time I am calling you at 2 in the morning. Isn't that exciting? Uh, I'm really sorry about this, Ryan, because I hope you finished editing the episode already, but, you know, you can throw this on at the end because you're just that awesome, and I love you. But not as much as Danielle, which is good because you're marrying her and not me. Anyway, I called because when I called you earlier, I forgot to pimp something really cool. And I'm kicking myself in the tuchus, and so I'm calling you to pimp it now. This is a thing that I'm involved in and I'm working on. It's called Tears of the Phoenix Anthology. It's basically what it is is um, a bunch of my friends are asking Harry Potter fanfic writers to put down their quills and pick up their uh, muggle writing implements to write some original fiction, not fanfic, original fiction, to support the new or- rebuilding New Orleans libraries after Katrina. And it's a really good cause... And I know that this is something right up your your alley if you listen to this podcast. So please, please, please go and check out their website at tearsofthephoenixanthologies.org. It's really a good cause, and it's really worth um, the time it takes to write a story. So go check them out, and I'll love you forever. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for sending in that voicemail, Julia. That really is an awesome cause, and thanks for pimping that out. And participate in Tears of the Phoenix, guys. Hey y'all, Aaron, a.k.a. Kronk37 from the forums here. I just wanted to put my two cents in about uh, a year like none other. Uh, does it seem as though the threat of expulsion is awfully high in this fic? Uh, in chapter 53, Malfoy implies that Ron's slug-eating curse from Chamber of Secrets should have been enough to expel him if it hadn't, have, if it hadn't backfired. Wouldn't dressing up as a Dementor in an attempt to freaking kill or seriously injure Harry in the middle of a Quidditch match be an even greater offense? Also, don't you think it, it, if it's that easy so to get expelled, wouldn't we have heard about it more than just Snape's one threat at the beginning of Chamber of Secrets after the after they crashed the Fort Anglia into the into the Whomping Willow? I, mean, I found all the expulsion talk a bit off. I mean, even though Severus apparently didn't intend to go through with that threat, Ron and Harry both thought it must be genuine. So I, I don't know. It doesn't seem doesn't seem quite right. Hey Kronk, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate the voicemail. And I have to say that I sort of agree on the expulsion bit, especially the bit about Ron would have gotten expelled just because he threw a slug hex at Malfoy. Doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, our next voicemail is from Najum on the forum, and I apologize right now for butchering your name. Hello, uh, this is Najum here from uh, uh, Weekly Forums. I just wanted to say it's been really good that you guys are doing this podcast and it makes me laugh every single week. So thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. 
20 points to Gryffindor, Najam, and thanks for calling in and thanks for listening. Hello, this is Cody again from Slytherin Phoenix from the forums, and I'm just leaving a voicemail for chapters 51 to 58, and there's a lot I have to say, so I'll just say some of the things that came to my head when I was rereading this, and then I want to read a couple things. So, Draco, Snape, and Hermione should start their own psychology clinic, because they both seem to want to, they all seem to want to psychoanalyze people. I mean, Snape sits down and has Draco and Harry say, what would you like to change about each other? I swear I was rolling on the floor laughing at that point. Um, I really liked Harry's struggle with saying Severus as a name because it's really well done and it doesn't have him just be able to say it right away because that would be incredibly awkward for both him and for the reader. There are times when I want to hit Harry over the head with something hard and the end of chapter 53 is one of those times. Um, I also really like how Aspen did the thing of Harry feeling guilty and Snape not really realizing it was as big of a deal as Harry thought it was, because that's really true to life when you, your parents get mad at you. Um, I also really, really loved how she showed the Dursley still had an effect on Harry, because um, of the connection she made between food and pun- Harry punishing himself and um, him kind of hiding out and feeling that adults didn't want to be anywhere near him and the comment he made about if adults don't want you around it's best to stay gone and then Snape kind of picking up on that later I thought was kind of really well done uh Ron doesn't do subtle I would say that is the understatement of the year that's kind of saying that the Titanic doesn't do icebergs subtle and Ron are about as close to opposites as you can possibly get all right sorry about that Meg but had to get off had to get that off my chest um, I really love Draco's watch and the fact that it constantly is trying to get them to eat hot, to drink hot cocoa, apparently, which generally means they want to talk. I think Snape rigged that watch, but that's just me. Um, I also felt extremely bad for Jen when she was reading this for the first time, because that cliffhanger at the end of 57 is a killer. Even when I reread it and I know I have the next chapter right in front of me, I get excited and nervous and just generally emotional at that point because it's so powerful and it's so you have no idea what's going to happen even if you do that made no sense all right i just want to read some of the passages that i really really liked you missed my point entirely snape whispered one hand moving up to stroke the boy's hair this what we are harry deserving has nothing to do with it think about it for a moment how could a bloody irritating gryffindor deserve to be my son for that matter, how could a former Death Eater with a bad temper and abysmal family ties of his own deserve to be famous Harry Potter's father? For once, the phrase didn't trouble Harry. Snape wasn't using it to belittle him, and not this time. He was making a point. A weight lifting from somewhere in the region of his chest, he dropped Lily's ring and wrapped his arms around the man. They stood there for a long time, just holding each other, accepting. Just one more passage I want to read because I'm obsessed with some of these things. All right. This is during the impromptu family counseling session that Snape holds. So, when both when the boys were both in their place, Snape began to pace back and forth in front of them, as though considering his words. At length, he stopped in front of Harry. You, he said, enunciating each word clearly, are my son. Walking two paces, he looked Draco in the eye. You are my son in all but name. Stepping back from them, he continued, We are a family, gentlemen. Granted, we are far from typical. An orphan by circumstance, an orphan by choice, and a man who never thought to be a parent at all. But here we are, a family. And as a family, we need to reach an understanding. Namely, this ridiculous rivalry between the two of you has got to stop. 
I have told you I care about you both deeply. Okay, I just, this is really a moment that I think needed to happen at some point, this realization that a family wasn't something that came on paper, it was something that's far deeper than that, and that even though Draco isn't at this point a member of this family, he still is. He might not be on paper, but he still is. And this realization of Harry that names aren't what matters, and that paper isn't what matters, and that the certificate suitable for framing isn't what matters. It's a home and people who love you and people who care for you that matters. So that's my thing. Can't wait for the next podcast. Bye. Thanks, Cody, for that awesome voicemail. It's really good to hear your thoughts on a year like none other. And don't worry, I'm not upset that you said Ron doesn't know how to be subtle. I never said that he did, but I love him all the same. And now Wayne, one of our editors at Potterfic Weekly, has left us a voicemail. This is Wayne, otherwise known as WEJ5541 on the forums. And here are some themes that I found in chapters 51 through 58 of A Year Like None Other. The first theme is... She's fighting with friends and family members, and then making up. This can be seen both with Harry and Ron. They had the big argument about Harry being adopted by Snape, and was eventually solved after spending time with Harry, Snape, and Draco. And the other one was between Harry and Snape, when Snape was mad at Harry for sticking up with Ron too much and undermining his authority during Ron's detentions. The next theme is that Slytherin plots don't always work, especially when you're dealing with Gryffindors. There were two Slytherin plots in, the, in these chapters. Snape told Hagrid that he wasn't allowed to visit Harry until he was able to use the flu. Then finally, months later, Harry was able to use the flu, and then he's suddenly told that he can come and see Hagrid. The big Slytherin plot in, this, in these chapters involved... Ron and the lines for punishment. Snape only really wanted to keep the punishment up until he apologized, but Ron took it the wrong way and, and thought it was just pure punishment, so it, he just made him angrier and angrier. Part of these chapters that I really liked involved Draco's watch, which, instead of telling the actual time, says seems like it's time for Coco. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for calling in, and that ends this segment of The Mailbag. And to conclude this podcast, I am happy to present both Josh and Robert from the Spellcrapper, I mean, from Spellcast. So, ladies especially, enjoy!
Fill my heart with song And let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore In other words Please be true Sonnet 7 by Hartley Coleridge Is love a fancy or a feeling? No. It is immortal as immaculate truth. Tis not a blossom shed as soon as youth Drops from the stem of life, for it will grow. In barren regions where no waters flow, Nor rays of promise cheats the pensive gloom. A darkling fire faint hovering o'er a tomb That but itself in darkness naught doth show. 
It is my love's being, yet it cannot die, nor will it change, though all be changed beside. Through fairest beauty be not longer fair, through vows be false, and faith itself deny, through sharp enjoyment be a suicide, and hope a specter in ruin bare.